Let's go. Let's go. Oliver Twist. Twist. If it wasn't for all of my haters, I wouldn't exist. I can remember when we was just trapping and, and moving, moving the bricks. bricks. I can remember the man them telling me they was just murderers back in the bin. Man them telling me they caused so, melody. Welcome to the Romeo Podcast. It's me, Romulus. And it's me, Kojo. And uh yeah, I think um it's been an interesting couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, how are you feeling about Christmas? I feel fantastic about Christmas, <laughs> yeah. especially after what I just saw. <laughs> I am feeling the holiday oh, yeah. cheer. Actually, no, I'm not. But okay. at the same time, it's like everybody just make a fucking effort. That's all I'm saying. I get you all celebrate your... If you wish me a happy Hanukkah, I'll say happy Hanukkah back. I don't care. Just everybody make an effort. I don't care what you celebrate. Just uh, be fucking merry. Okay, so for context, for the viewers, <laughs> for the viewers who just kind of tapped, tapped in halfway through the fun conversation, uh, basically my 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 boy Romulus has a has a little bit of rap beef for those who. Um, kind of need to be negative for no reason it's like there are just certain things where i get it morally speaking or fundamentally speaking you have an issue with certain things but like can you like hold back that negativity when i'm trying to wish you good well so like well so it's like yeah basically the fu- the joke was or the, the joke was like why do people have to bring up unnecessary drama when all I'm trying to do is wish them a merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> Wishing you fucking merry, man. I will fold you like a Christmas card. Now you fuck out of here. Now you're just choosing violence <laughs> because I want to. I want to let you know that that I wish that you're happy yeah. this season. Just trying to spread some holiday cheer. And you want to spread <laughs> anger, <laughs> violence. Like, no. <laughs> Mug of liar, yeah. our pre-pros are, our pre-production meetings are fun. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, something ridiculous always happens. But yeah, no, that's actually how I feel. Because you know you when you work in service, you try to be like pleasant to everybody. Yeah. And eventually you're not gonna like cater your responses to every single person. There are thousands of you. Yeah. Right? So yeah, yeah. so the brother be like, Oh, happy holidays, happy I'm just gonna be like, Merry Christmas. You know what? Have a it's a great time. Merry Christmas. Yeah. And you're gonna stand here and pick a fight with me. Because I dared not to tell you to fuck off. <laughs> it's like it's the weirdest part about about like about the courtesy thing when it comes to humans. It's like we we know it's a thing, but sometimes we don't indulge in it properly. It's it's like um yeah it's because what's even crazier is the opposite could also be assumed. If like if I wish you a happy holidays. You could be like, oh, well, I don't celebrate the holidays. Or if I wish you, uh, like, for that, like, because it's kind of, no offense, but it's, it's kind of prejudice even. Like, because it's like, someone will also, it's like assuming someone's gender. You're assuming someone's holiday. Yeah, but I, I don't give a fuck. So, if you wish me happy holidays, I'll say happy holidays. If you yeah. wish me happy Hanukkah, I'll say that too. Because you know what? This whatever time of year this is, mm. I wish you happiness. Basically, and, and whatever you wish me happiness, I hope you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, happy Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. Those eight days, I wish I'm happy too. So mm. you go. 
No, I, I get exactly what you mean, but that's the reason why we ended up on Happy Holidays because we just it's the generic answer for it. But at the same time, it's like people are gonna get mad at whatever <laughs> response you give because people just want to be mad for no reason. So fuck you. I'm just gonna go with the one that I actually celebrate because then I'm actually spreading what I really want to spread, which is just the Christmas. The Christmas spirit. theme. I'm not here trying to spirit. I'm not here trying to spread the. The Hanukkah spirit. I'm trying to spread the Christmas spirit because that's what I personally am in the spirit of oh, right now. Christmas thing. Yeah. Gingerbread cookies yeah. and like mistletoes. People <laughs> get people get so offended when it comes to anything that is assumptive in nature. Even things that are just you being a nice person. <laughs> it's like and I and it's like just a courtesy it's a courtesy thing that we've been we've grown up with that now people kind of are discrediting. It's like it's like um it's like opening a door for somebody when you just when you just walk through it or holding the door open for somebody and then them going I can hold this door. It's like, bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, good day, ma'am. Did you just call me, ma'am? Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, Hello. It's like I'm gonna punish you for your niceness. It's Yo, like, I was in the mall like a couple of days ago, and a and a random person, random old person, just started talking to me, and. It was one of those things where me personally, I had no problem with it. So I just had a light conversation with the guy. He was like, oh, it's funny enough we're talking about Christmas. He was like, oh, it's so weird to see how empty the malls are right now. And like, he was like, yeah, you know, it's probably because a lot more people are shopping online. It's like, oh, man, this is, this is the rough part about this whole new decade. Every, nobody wants to be around other people. And everybody's so, so quick and hesitant to have conversation. And I'm like... Yeah, honestly, it is kind of weird, but you know, it is what it is, and it sucks for malls and stuff. Because I was, all that you know. Mm-hmm. So the thing about that mall is it's about to be torn down because people just like people aren't going there, so they're gonna start they're gonna start uh, taking down different areas. Apparently, they have like Renault's mm-hmm. signs up and all this different stuff, right? So it was just like it was just it was interesting having a conversation with somebody. And there be no hostility, yeah, whatsoever. Oh. Like, there's no, there's no secondary intentions. It's just another person having a conversation with another person. But that is the exact same energy that extends to being courteous with other people. So, saying happy holidays, opening doors for for people, just being a nice fucking human being. And we're moving away from that. But mm-hmm. hey, let me not get into that melancholy Christmas spirit. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Being, I don't know. I feel people are too ready to be offended. What are you like? Like, just relax. Mm-hmm. Like, just have a good holiday. I don't know. Have a good time with your family. Drink hot cocoa and shut the fuck up. I don't know yeah. what to tell you. Everybody's it's, everybody's a, ne- a negative Nancy. No, oh, it's terrible. It's it's just terrible out there. Have you tried having a conversation with someone and like just the conversation, not mm-hmm. just the passing conversation with someone? And have them not think that you expect something from them, guy or girl. It's like no, I yeah. just, I just, I just want to talk to the people around me. Like, hey, how's it going? Well, how's your, how's your, oh, oh, you have a dog? How's that? Like, you know, yeah. Just, it's really tough to be 
like yeah. really extroverted in a world where everybody's hiding behind a mask. Well, that's funny because I'm introverted. Yeah, you know this. You have to pull me out. You have to pull the extroversion out of me to really like feel that way. Which is it's a, it's an interesting thing because I always like people think like when it comes to extroversion versus introversion, it's it's one thing about antisocial versus like alt like hyper social. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I think it's more just. And it, like how we how we exchange energy, like I have to accumulate energy, you have to give off Ex- energy, yeah. so like exude it. So you want to talk to people to get some of that energy off of you. For me, I'm just I'm starting off. I'm like, bro, I'm I'd, like, okay, this. Let me get, let me start, let me plug in the charger and get some more juice in me before I really feel up for a conversation. It's like. Because I because I have a lower threshold of energy, mm-hmm. I don't. I am more selective with the amount of people that I want to talk to. Whereas with you, it's like I just hire everybody. But I but think but everybody's of, really interesting. Yeah, I think it is one of those things though, where a lot of people, especially after this pandemic and that, all that shit, like a lot more people have come to, um, <clears throat> I guess, wallow in their introversion. It's yeah. an introverted world now, so uh, I feel bad for y'all extroverts. It's all good. Yeah. We're making our way around. And I have Netflix. I have Netflix, too, but it's terrible. I want to talk to people. I want to, like, go, go out like, fucking hang out in the fields and, like, write music. I don't know. I want to watch I'm, a video about the fields. The thing is that I'm an, is the things that I'm an artist. Ooh, here's something I was thinking about recently. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from an artist. How do you feel about the statement that the arts is a... I should have written this down because I want to get it get it right. A festering, pus-filled blister on the backside of society. Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! As an as another artist, um, I say go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, not the arts. Not the arts in general. Okay. The arts as they stand now. As they stand now. Yes. Um, I just think here's it's. It defeats the purpose of art because who are you to say specific or not you but the person mm. to say specifically what is and is not I'm well to to paraphrase whatever that long insult was <laughs> uh, bad <laughs> like it's very that's art is subjective right yeah by nature so it's hard to even make it's hard to make that that comment and i'm not trying to be dismissive but also go fuck yourself because it just sounds like hey i'm someone who likes the classicalness of things and i don't get this whole new like it's it's old man yells out cloud (laughs) it's literally that at cloud at cloud you ever seen that meme from the simpsons no it was like grandpa simpson just yelling at a cloud because there's old people doing old people shit, like yelling at how new shit is around, and they hate new shit because it's not the old shit. That's I feel that way with a lot when a lot when it comes to the arts. Like, like anybody who comes from a traditional sense of art mm-hmm. has a moment where they hate the new art because not because the new art is bad, is because it's different, and especially because I like music a lot. I hear that a lot when it comes to like rap and just like hip-hop and music in general because <clears throat> hip-hop is one of the most transformative art forms compared to all the other ones unless you're talking about pop music pop music is literally just gentrification of whatever other sounds are available so it's multifaceted by nature right but like hip-hop is an evolutionary art and then you hear hear people like especially when you have 
uh, the conversation on top five, top ten rappers of all time, right? Mm-hmm. Jay Z is always at the top of that list. Okay, it's just I'm I'm letting you know the rule. <laughs> the rule is Jay Z is always at the top of the list. He's officially the greatest rapper of all time. But so if you talk to a different if you talk to a different era of like old heads, like super old heads, they put like Big Daddy Kane, KRS One, like. Fucking rock him like they put they put like super old guys mm-hmm. in this category because they'd be like oh the rap the rap that they had then was more pure and artistic and whatever right but but the the thing about art the and especially when it comes to music and even just like visual arts it has to pass the sense test like the sense test is I put this in front of people how do they respond. And like old heads hate having that conversation because technically Drake beats Big Daddy Kane and Jay Z if we go just based off of the sense test. Based on generation, based on generationally. Yeah, it's like because because the because the impact of hip hop has has become so evolved that now if you hear a Drake song, you're probably gonna like it a little bit more than you would like a Big Daddy Kane song. Yes, but. But I think, I, well, even the conversation me and we were having, mm-hmm. it was on, not that the, yes, that the arts have changed, and yes, that they hated the new stuff, obviously. Obviously. Obviously, this new stuff is hated, mm-hmm. but also that the arts now have a chokehold on society, in the sense that it, oh, they influence okay. the way people think, and the way, and the things that people think to be not only, not only true, but the way that, the, that people should act. And in society oh, okay. previously, it has it, it had like obviously the arts have always influenced society, but it hasn't had such a grip on people due to the influence of social media. Oh, so literally, it's a pus, pus on society. It's a pus filled blister on oh. the backside of society. Oh, I thought it just meant like as as in like if you look at society as a whole, the arts in and of itself. No, 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 is no, 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 pus- no. Okay, no, cool. The arts have become that, the, and that's oh, what I was saying. Well, the, it's become so it's, it's cancerous. It's yeah, too, essentially. Oh, okay. Um. Oh, in that case, well. My my random tangent is completely warranted. Still but. good though. Wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Uh, all right. Uh, in that case, how do I feel about that? Eh, I can understand where it comes from because yeah. Uh, if you look at the if you look at the because society as a whole now is more influencer based, right? Yeah. So clout has so much currency. It's kind of scary. Like we don't like we're we live in a world that we're that we're that um, live in a world that holds more merit in the opinions of people with clout than it does on scientific facts. And a lot of clout is given to the entertainment industry and the entertainment industry by by and large is essentially the arts. So, yeah. It, yeah, I would say that, um, especially if you look at how, like how things are moved and motivated specifically in society nowadays. It's very, very little is or very little emphasis is put into academia as opposed to uh, the flashiness of things. But, and, and that is actually that is actually uh, something that comes from the arts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Then you in, you see what I'm saying? How much it influences society? Because like even in like a lot of hip hop, 
and a lot of com- and comedians have said this. They'll be like, yo, fuck this book-learned-ass nigga. Like, for college degree, go kiss your mama with the college degree. But someone comes out of, like, jail or releases a hip-hop album, mm-hmm. and the hood celebrates. Yeah. And that is that is very much an arts thing that has now translated into real life. Yeah, I mean, think about the last uh, American election. A lot of the a lot of the marketing or a lot of the push, specifically when it came to uh, the backing and support of politicians, was primarily which entertainer can I get on my side? And which which brings me. Which brings me to the point that we were talking about was the fact that democracy is kind of an issue based on the fact that it's a popularity contest. It is, by definition, a popularity contest. And the problem with the popularity contest is that most people are idiots and will vote based on popularity against the, their better judgment yeah. against like the things that will benefit them yeah I mean think about think about what's going on in the states when it came to Joe Biden um, in the last couple of months when it comes to black people <clears throat> uh, you know the amount of stuff that he's basically taken away yeah. and all that stuff and essentially the fact that it came down to a popularity contest between the person we don't really like and the person we kind of don't like mm-hmm. so it's like not, like a lot of times it was even, even actually, because think about it, and I'm a Kanye West fan, <laughs> but Kanye West was able to, was able to run for office mm-hmm. and maybe, and sure, he didn't get, he didn't get as much votes and he didn't, and it was very much seen as, as, a, meme. as a meme, satire, an affront. Mm-hmm. But he got votes with zero qualification, except for the fact that he released a couple albums. A couple of albums, yeah, a couple of classic albums. A couple of classic like, albums. He and made some Jesus sneakers. Walk and yeah, <laughs> and sneakers. Yeah, Jesus walked this some Yeezys. Yeah, but man, let's go. And, was banging, was banging Kim Kardashian until until fucking Gargamel came yeah. into the picture, and then and Amber Rose, yeah, you know, yeah, fans are crazy. But I mean, he has a good Rosie gallery. I know, but think about it. That was all he needed to to potentially be, quote unquote, the leader of the free world. And even before that, Donald Trump. Yeah, but you don't need to be a politician to become president. I think that's probably the best thing about the role. Like, See, I don't. I disagree. Well, no, I, I, I do disagree with that statement. <laughs> I do, no, I do disagree with that statement. Wait, wait, what? No, no. If there is, if, if it's a vote-in presidency, then fine, anybody can be in. Uh-huh. If we're working under the rules of, like, a republic, like, there's a person. Like, I wouldn't ask the farmer about my sailing, so I'll get a committee of sailors and get them to vote on the leader yeah. amongst them. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I have a person there that is, like, the first amongst equals uh-huh. with all the representatives of um, their different sectors or yeah. whatever. And he is like the deciding vote when it comes, or something, or whatever. Well, that's but, actually the thing about it because both Canada and um, and the United States run on a pseudo democratic electoral system. It's a republic. The, the United States is actually a republic. It's, it's, so, yeah, but, so even the idea of delegations, super delegates, ridings, they don't like the fact of the matter is there's an electoral vote mm-hmm. and there's a popular vote. The popular vote is the vote of the populace, but at the same time, it's not the vote that decides 
who mm-hmm. is president or who is prime minister is based off of writings and the amount of power within that writing and who represents that writing. I don't know how the American voting system works. It's, <laughs> too, it's too confusing. <laughs> because it's bullshit. <laughs> it's just, That's the whole point. Demo- like, democracy in and of itself is... is it's horseshit? Is, well, it's not, even not, it's not even that. It's the lie that we tell ourselves to make ourselves not aware of the realities of what the fuck we're eating. It's like... It's like... It's like... It's like Tofurky. Not no, it's tofu. <laughs> but it's shaped like a turkey. It's, it's turkey bacon. No, it's turkey strips. It's, it's, Those are like turkey strips. You can't, like, you can't, you can't, you can't piss on my face and call it rain. Yeah, like R. Kelly. Oh man, Robert Kelly. Aww. But uh, but I see piss. I move. <laughs> she saw piss. She stayed. <laughs> Oh my God! You see, that's the funniest part because I don't want to because I keep on being told. Oh, you, 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 you always hate on on the on the women's. You keep hating on the women's. Look, I watched the Boondocks, and even in the Boondocks, Riley kept the woman accountable. Yeah, yeah. She saw piss and stayed she there. Stayed. And when they put her on trial, she's like, "Hey, I saw piss, and I like she accountability." <laughs> Perfect example, but nobody saw that episode. That episode was surprisingly stricken from the record. Oh, God. I mean, in hindsight, we definitely shouldn't be celebrating that episode. But, you know, whatever. The fam ain't eating cheddar biscuits. Yeah. (laughs) Eating these whole cheddar biscuits. Boondocks is the greatest show. It's the greatest show of all time. And I need to watch it again. It's so fucking good. (laughs) But, wait, we were were talking about democracy. Democracy, yeah. So, um... (laughs) So the idea of popul- popularity uh, affecting the way that democracy runs, right? And the fact that just in our society as a whole, we we as people uh, more go for what is popular rather than what is practical, right? Okay. The thing in the matter is popular popularity is a tool. Of course it is. Yeah. So I don't I don't I don't ever knock tools. I'm not I'm not one to go like I'm not like for example I am not. I am not a really, really big fan of capitalism. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but I don't hate capitalism. I hate how capitalism is applied in society today. Mm-hmm. It's like you, but you can knock a tool if you're working for a job. Like, look, you can knock a tool if you're using that tool for a job. Yeah. Democracy is as a tool. You might not be able to knock <clears throat> it, but it's terrible for leading a country. Exactly, but it's only based off of how we have used it historically. There it, might be, there might come a time where democracy is used properly. For example, how it was back in the Roman Senate. But, yeah, but Rome still fell. Yeah, but it didn't, fall, it didn't fall because of democracy. Yeah, but um, what's it called? I, you can only use, you can only use historical examples. Mm-hmm. The same thing with like something like socialism. Yeah, where everyone's like, oh, socialism wasn't done properly. It's like, well, all the examples say yes, it was. Yeah. How many examples are we gonna try before we're like, okay, it kills millions of people? Like, well, yeah, but I mean, we we're, we live. The majority of the world is a socialist world, so I don't. Yeah, no, they like, li- yes, they li- you, can give a, you can give examples of when socialism is terrible, but I can. There's give also examples where it's good, but socialism usually works under like like for example, Canada is a capitalist society. Yeah. With socialist policies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Same and, idea with capitalism. Capitalism only works in, in in environments where there is socialism. Also, that's is that's what I mean. It's, it's, the the tool is not the issue; it's how it's applied. 
So, for example, when it comes to popularity, bring it back on top. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've had this argument a lot. Yeah, uh, as you can probably tell. <laughs> he literally had his hand around my throat for a few seconds there. It was wild. <laughs> Such long hands. Puts the knife away. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of tools, um, so, so basically the thing is, uh, when it comes to popularity, popularity is only an issue when we, did, when, when it beco- when we have when we. St- Strip it back and try to examine how we gauge popularity. Mm-hmm. So, back in the day, the reason why I brought up the Roman Empire, popularity was based off of merit, like historical merit, like actual accomplishments within within the society. You've done some, you've done things that have been positive contributions to the society as a whole. And therefore, you are popular based off of that. So it's based on what the society's focused on. Exactly. That Our focus now is entertainment. Mm-hmm. So and no clout. Ho- and clout. clout. Yeah, clout. It's all clout. So by so by definition, popularity will always be clout driven. Driven, and that's the problem. Oh, clout is currency. It is currency, man. It's always been currency. That's the name of the podcast. Clout is currency. Clout is currency. I'm assuming. Um, but yeah, no. So the thing about it is. Like we can't really do any like there's like I don't have an issue with popularity. I just have an issue with the fact that yes, when when Joe Biden wanted to wanted to get his way into the elect into elections, instead of going for Neil deGrasse Tyson and who could help sway the pop the populace by talking about climate change or talking about all these different things that potentially could benefit us in the long run. He went for Cardi B. Like, <laughs> because yeah. he knew that so, Cardi B had more clout, so yeah. so he did more currency for going to speak with Cardi B than speaking with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Popularity is not the issue. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's just the fact that our society has it. made it so that Cardi B is more important. Technically, yeah. this currency in a capitalist, socialist environment, currency is the most Dictates important. important Dictates yeah. importance, yeah. So, Cardi B is more important than, than Neil, deGrasse Neil deGrasse Tyson. Arguably one of the smartest people on the, on planet. the planet has less merit and worth than Cardi B. Than WAP. And like, I get it because it is a wet-ass pussy. And yeah. pussy... Clearly has the most clout. <laughs> pussy clout, current pussy currency. No, I'm dead. Hey, hey, life is rough. <laughs> life is rough. Niggas but, gonna start trading in bottle caps or something. <laughs> honestly, when this world when this world goes and Neil deGrasse Tyson is 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 in his spaceship, just jettisoning out into space with a with a stream of "I told you so"s coming off of his exhaust. We're all gonna be weeping, weeping, and 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 trading WAP for bottle caps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thirty bottle caps, thirty minutes with the WAP. With the WAP, we don't have food, but at least we have some WAP. At least we have some WAP. Oh man, but yeah, that's basically all I got on on that specifically. I just think it's. I think when it comes down to it, yes, it is. It 
Yeah, the arts are definitely a pus-filled blister mm-hmm. on society. More based off of not based off of the arts themselves, but the mm-hmm. fact that we have made it so that the arts have more clout and or currency than mm-hmm. science and yeah. the important things that are the infrastructures for society. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. See, the thing is, the arts are chaotic. As if their nature, like like as we were talking about, they're just chaotic. So they, so they tend to they tend to draw a lot of chaotic minds. Feminine. And and the thing is, we're letting them drive the society like the bus of society, and we're wondering why we keep crashing. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> or why we keep almost crashing. It's like, how did we get here? It's like, well, you let the crazy people drive. And then, and, I, and as I said, I'm an artist myself, so it's like, it's, yes, most artists, they're like very, not, I don't want to say insane, but they're touched with the insane. They balance a level of order and chaos. Yeah. They, they, they see things that people, that other people don't see, even in music. You know, when you hear the beats mm-hmm. and you hear things between the beats that other people don't hear and you can like insert either your, your like, your drums there or your vocals or whatever, or yeah, whatever. You gather a medium between both sides. Exactly. Yeah. So they're touched, they're a little touched with the insane and they're great, like for entertainment and like for talking about change and guiding conversations doing all doing all that but at the same time I won't let them drive all the time well I mean what who were one of the most popular uh, entertainers back in the middle ages the court jesters yeah so they didn't let them run society exactly we're letting the fo- we're literally letting the fools control or dictate the kingdom um and yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what it comes down to that's for the most part. For the most part, uh, it's it is it is an interesting it's an interesting dilemma. It. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting dilemma that we that we hopefully will eventually address, but probably won't. Y'all don't want to have that conversation. Have conversation. <laughs> I don't mind it though. Yeah. Actually, speaking on entertainment, um, I don't know. This is pretty. Inter- this has actually been a, an interesting topic that I've been that's been looming over my head because. I've never. I'm not one to want to have the COVID talk, like ever. Oh God, not but this. no. This this time it actually affects me personally because it hit my it hit it hit Black Panther. Oh okay, go ahead. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I saw that and I was like, I really wonder what you think about this. I think yeah. you sent that to me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. okay, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So Letitia Wright, uh, yeah. Shuri, uh, <laughs> is basically TBD on on everything uh in, about black panther after she was announced to be the successor for black panther because of the vaccine yeah and her refusal to take it yeah um personally i'm going to just start off by saying i actually respect her right to autonomy so i respect the right to her not wanting to take the vaccine okay. um that's just me being human to human yeah um i'm also a little sad though because it means that like they either have to rewrite the entire Black Panther movie, yeah. which means it's going to be delayed till whenever, mm-hmm. or fuck, they're going to try to force her to take it. Both are both are both are just terrible because it comes down to the ultra mega capitalistic Disney conglomerate that is mm-hmm. now the MCU. It's like you have an amazing property. But it's been it's now been wrought with so much like turmoil and especially because it's like the premier black 
like mm. like aspect or black corner of the MCU. Like me personally, I have so much. I have so much like. I have so much emotional energy towards it mm-hmm. that I feel I feel a way that I logically shouldn't feel about it. Mm-hmm. Like I just like I don't want it, I don't want them to burn anything, but it's like with Chadwick Boseman passing, with them with them doing whatever the fuck they're trying to do with with Eric Killmonger that goes mm-hmm. against everything in the comics, and then now Shuri basically like. Most likely, like, here's my thing. If, like, I wouldn't be okay with either way they go about this. Like, I wouldn't be okay if they force her to take the vaccine to then play the part to finish the movie mm-hmm. so that the public can watch the movie. Because mm-hmm. then they just have physically, they have literally taken the autonomy out of a black woman's hand, and I don't respect that. Mm-hmm. But, but that's what they've been doing this whole time. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's hitting closer to home. Now. Oh, of course. But yeah. that's, that's what they've been doing across the board. That's what they've been doing in every neighborhood. How is well, it hitting closer to home than your house? Well, that's the thing. It's not It's not one of... Like, even the, even the word force is very difficult for me to say, specifically in terms of this stuff, because it's not force. It's, it's, there's still choice. The choice is just skewed based off of entrapment. So, like, if they don't... Like, because, once again, they could, they could not make her do that. Mm-hmm. And they could just recast her. Yeah, that's true. So that's that's her right to autonomy is still maintained. They still get the movie, but that's still going to cause backlash because the backlash is she didn't want to do this. Why we are had, you trying to force her? Why are we trying to force her? All right, well, she, we're just not going to force her. We're going to cast somebody new. Also, now you take away this woman's right to a job because she didn't want to take the vaccine to play the role. Mm-hmm. So either way. Doesn't matter how they go about it. If they force her to take it, for her to do it, then I'm watching a movie knowing that a black woman was forced to take a vaccine to mm-hmm. play this role, just so that she can she could maintain her job, mm-hmm. right? If they don't make her take it, then I'm watching another black woman play this role and mm-hmm. do all this stuff. And still in the back of my head, I'm thinking, all right, well, the whole reason why she's even in this position is because they were trying to respect the legacy of. Of Chadwick Boseman by making by making Shuri the next the mm-hmm. next Black Panther because they don't want to recast the role, but if they're willing to go through all these hoops and then eventually do what most likely will be the logical choice when you think about Disney and their already messed up practices, mm-hmm. specifically to handle the bottom line of things, it's like why didn't you guys just recast Chadwick Boseman oh, to yeah. avoid all of this shit, like. I, it's my thing about morality. Mm-hmm. Like, once I get into the morals of all this shit, and I realize that there's no morals anyways, then I'm like, yo, just don't... Just do the logical shit and right. get it over because, with. Yeah. Or don't touch it at See, all. See, my thing, my thing is, I'm kind of, like... I'm kind of happy it's happening. Not that I'm happy it's happening to Black Panther, yeah, but yeah. I'm happy it's happening with like In something general. so big, yeah. like a Marvel's franchise, because I'm like, okay, good. Let's see what you're going to do. Because a lot of people have been going along with it, because it, but I think that if they force her to take it, to act the role will cause a bigger backlash than if they recast the character. But yeah. both things will cause a backlash, yep. in the sense that people are going to be like, this is bullshit. 
why is like why yeah. why are you, why are you like treating why are you, does she now need to take the vaccine to like make money? Yeah, but, there's no logical role. There's, there's another no there's win. another place, and I think it's in Canada somewhere where they're where they're forcing people well, they're forcing people to um, show their vaccine cards to get food from the grocery stores. Yeah, and it's like okay, at what point do people like I. Let this happen because it needs to play out. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people have said, "Hey, this is gonna cause problems," and everyone's like, "No, it's not." And then it's like, "Okay, now what? It's now causing what? Pro- it's causing but, problems? Yeah, it's, it's been causing problems. Everyone's been saying, "Okay, now what?" And they're like, "Okay, not yet." And I'm like, "All right, not yet." Okay, now what? Okay, not yet. Not, all right, not yet. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like we're all trying to delay the inevitable, but eventually we're gonna hit we're gonna hit terminal velocity, mm-hmm. and then it's just gonna go the way it goes. And then it just goes to and, if, if it goes left, then, it goes left. And like, then, and then we're all and then we're all squirming around in hindsight, knowing that we could have stopped something, but we didn't. But we didn't because of the fact that we said, "Now what? Let's just wait. Now mm-hmm. what? Let's, Let's just, just wait. wait." And actually, yeah, I, I don't think it's on the people that are like, "Hey, now what?" You get what I'm saying? Mm. Because during this ride, there have been people since the very beginning, let's say since the beginning of COVID, that have been like, hey, this is a problem. You get what I'm saying? And the number's been increasing with the stages that have been going by, right? Mm. And even people that have, like, like, the people that haven't gotten the vaccine are now, have now become people that are like, hey, guys, now what? You get what I'm saying? And people that have got the vaccine are like, everything's still fine. Mm. It's clear that it's caused a divide because now, now the people that haven't got the vaccine can't go into certain places akin to, like, Jim Crow segregation. Yeah, segregation. It's segregation. It's literal segregation. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so it's like, okay, now what? But the thing is, like, it's not going to stop there. You get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. there are boosters. And there's some people Some people that have the vaccine are like, what they're doing is wrong. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So they're going to stop taking the boosters. It's like, okay, at what point are we going to hit terminal velocity where everyone's like, hey, mm-hmm. now what? Is it when, everyone, when some people are locked out of, like, grocery stores? Yep. Is it when some people, like, people can't now order food? Like, at what point are you guys going to be like, okay. Yeah. Here's my here's my only real um, adage to that because you're one thousand percent correct when it comes down to it. The one thing I will I will probably like to inter, in, inject inter- into, yeah. inject into the conversation is the fact that the fundamental truth about everything when it comes to all this shit is that clearly nobody knows what the fuck to do. Yeah, but we have to do something. Mm-hmm. And the problem with not knowing what to do, but having to do something, is that everybody kind of does the wrong thing. Yeah. So for me, for me, per, me personally, anti-vax, pro-vax, it doesn't matter because that has nothing to do mm-hmm. with the course of this virus in the long run, mm-hmm. because clearly. Clearly, clearly, there is issues on both sides of the, the both sides of the spectrum, and clearly, it's become more of a social issue mm-hmm. than an actual medical issue. medical issue. The medical issue is just going the way it's going, but the issue primarily is based off of the fact that the response that was created initially from both sides mm-hmm. of of the of campaign the yeah. were clearly just the wrong. The wrong choices that were just playing themselves out, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, it seemed like the one thing I would like to—I would also like to interject—is the fact that it's not like one group of people is saying now what. I feel like the people who organize or who who are the mainstays or who propel both sides of the movements mm-hmm. are being asked now what now. 
because just mm-hmm. as just as one side says, "Hey, we're going to give booster shots. We're going to keep doing this. We're mm-hmm. going to do all this stuff," because the people underneath those people are asking, "Now what?" I think it's also the same thing on the other side, where it's like, "Okay, they're locking down. They're locking people up. They're locking down people. They're locking they're us forcing out. Yeah. us out. What well, now? What?" And they're like, "Well, we're going to move to the mountains, or yeah, we're going to we're going to the forest. Start, yeah. We're going to start. We're going to start getting." I have way too many people telling me they're going to buy guns. That it genuinely is like, I don't, I don't think people appreciate mm-hmm. how stupid this world is i appreciate it because i hear people say some shit and i go you just said that casually casually as if it wasn't the stupidest thing you could ever say (laughs) but like that's it's just that every side has its own different thing like i've had i've had people send me articles on stuff and like just regular things that have always happened in the world regular phenomena, and they'll tie it to something on either side of the aisle Mm-hmm. And I just go like, <laughs> I don't think you, I. That's the one I have to say this. That's the one because personally for me, I'm I'm indifferent. Uh-huh. The only I don't have I don't have a I don't have a hard a hard set um, opinion, especially because my life doesn't allow me that that luxury. Mm-hmm. If I had the luxury of making the choice, I would make the choice, mm-hmm. but I don't. So yeah. I'm indifferent. I have one side. One side of one side of my life is is technically is technically cemented on on, on mm-hmm. one side of the fence. The other side of my life is technically cemented on the other side of the fence. So I am literally forced to be yeah. centrist in this whole in this whole argument. The one thing though that I genuinely appreciate now that I'm centrist and I get to watch all this stuff is just like <laughs> it's just watching people like freak out. Not even that. Just people clearly make bad decisions, but be, their pride won't allow them to say that they're just wrong, and then try to scratch all the other plans on both sides. Yeah, Booster okay. shots, uh, protests, um, f- like vaccine vaccine passports, fake vaccine passports, like. All this stuff that's happening, and especially, and especially as you look at it from a global standpoint, like especially when you start looking at a lot of stuff, you go like, clearly, clearly, a lot of people have been making a lot of bad decisions, but we're just having to keep on going, you know, like, like the, the snowball effect. Is <laughs> yeah. like, we're just gonna keep piling bad decisions on bad decisions. It's <laughs> it's literally like it's literally like two cars on a hill. Both people forgot to put the brakes on. And both cars are just rolling, rolling down towards the hill. Nobody is talking about stopping the like hitting the brakes or stopping it. Just, no. We'll just wait. We'll just even, wait. Even worse, <clears throat> every time they try to like hit the brakes or stop, they make it a situation worse. worse. Like they break off the brake pedal. Yeah. Oh, now the steering wheel's gone. Let's throw like, oil in front of the fucking yeah, car. It's like stop helping, <laughs> please stop. Helping. And now it's just hitting. And now it's just hitting terminal velocity. On both sides, so I'm just like, what do you want me to? Like, I don't have an opinion because I like the only thing now is that once again, I'm just, I'm just like bring harking it, harkening it back to like what's going on with Letitia Wright and all this different stuff. Even Andrew Wiggins, 
Like how he was for well not for he was made he was made to take the vaccine in order for him to play the season yeah because Golden State is one of those is one like Kyrie Irving the same but I, don't, I can't remember his status I don't know if he's still playing but like his that like he had to take it because Golden because Golden State specifically as a franchise has made it a mandate and it's a private entity so they can make it they can mandate. make it a mandate and it's not them forcing him he just doesn't play for them. Yeah. So retire if you don't want to. Oh, you don't want to retire. Oh, I'm a hundred percent for telling people. I'm like, I'm a hundred percent for telling people that they should just they should quit their jobs. But nobody listens to me because like all the nurses that left, mm-hmm. they're calling them back because they have no nurses. I'm like, at a certain point, they're gonna be like, wait, we cannot run an enterprise like this. Please come back to it. You get what I'm saying? It's, it, the only thing I will say is it's it's only within certain avenues, so it's very contact based. That's fine. Like but I, but then certain avenues deserve to fall. I don't think we should all be like cha- like for example, an NBA star, right? Yeah, he can afford to walk away from his job. How and do you know that though? What do you mean? How do you know that? Well, well, no, you 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 assume he can afford to walk away from his and job, and that assumption brings about the fact that you can't make a judgment based off an assumption. Fair enough, but but like. Okay, like but, you can say if I were you, if I were in your situation, based off of the information I, I have, I, I would walk would, away. Okay, yeah, sure, but don't I, say like quit your job. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, quit your job. No, <laughs> like, no like, but I'm not, I'm not saying quit your job. But I'm saying the possibility to quit your job is always there. Yeah, of you course, you could do it. Yeah. You just it, and it would be hard. You just and you it'd be hard and you won't, but you could. Yeah. And I keep trying to tell people that you could do it, whether he wants to or not. Mm. He could walk away from his job. Yeah, you, but I think I think most people just understand. Like the thing is, I everybody doesn't like to admit this, but not everybody. I'm not going to be hyperbolic today, mm. but a lot of people don't like to admit this when it comes to how we decide to make choices. But we weigh things on pros and cons and probabilities. Mm-hmm. So the probability of the present in the past is more important to the than us to us a lot of times than the probability of the future because the future can be anything yeah so it's like slippery slope fallacy essentially mm-hmm. um and i understand this for a lot of people who who like for example andrew wiggins case right i understand why he eventually took it mm-hmm. of because, course yes because yes you can bring we can bring up the fact that yeah you the virus the virus could get terrible you could be taking a billion booster shots forever there could be health complications like out the window, that is one future. Someone can bring up a future that's completely different. It's just as valid. It's just as valid, based off of probability, to him in the moment where he decides to choose. That's the reason. Or it can be more valid, and also the present situation. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that would be that would be the case that would bring that may bring a person to do that because like if you're talking about if you're talking about a person's future. Without enough information about their past or their or their present, it's like you could say anything about yeah. anything, and uh, then you, at that point, you get up and fly, and it's just, yeah, I could, like, you could you could you could lose you could have a heart attack if you take this, or you couldn't, and you just have to, and you get paid, you still get paid a hundred million dollars for someone to poke you in the shoulder once a year, shitty. Yeah, no, but, you know I mean, no, yeah, no, that's fair, but it's still within the realm of possibility. Absolutely, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. It's still, with, it's still something that you could do. And don't get me wrong, I understand why you choose. There are even people in my life, like when, when people tell me, like, yeah, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like, like, or whether they tell me they are or they aren't, I get it from both sides. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, and I, I can't fault you for either one. 
But and if you if you get it, it's like, hey, I have a family to take care of. That is a valid reason to do what you got to do. That's mm-hmm. the val- like you go whether dying or okay. For example, whether you could get a heart attack. Well, if you, you work in construction, you could also fall off a building. So you're doing what you got to do exactly. to make sure you survive. I understand that. At the same time, don't discount the fact that you could walk away. One thousand percent is all I'm saying. Yeah. No, me. It's not. A, it's not a personal thing. I'm just saying I can understand specifically where well, someone would come from yeah. that because the possibilities become the pos- the possibilities for the future can be anything. Yeah. Right. I find that a lot of people make choices based off of the present situation mm-hmm. and their past situation. Of course. Of so, course. Well, you have to do that. I know. I'm just saying that's the one piece of nuance that I would really, put in this, yeah. Yeah, because you know my like you know my personal stance when it mm-hmm. comes to this stuff. I yeah. don't like to talk about it because I'm not supposed to, right? You know my personal stance yeah. when it comes to this stuff. You know, but you also know the prag my pragmatic Matic choices. Sense, yeah. yeah, like pragma- like pragmatism is the one thing that that between the two of us, you'll always understand. I'm always, I'm yeah. always like, I'm always for. You, we could talk about we could talk about fantasy. We could talk about dreams. We could talk about aspirations all day. What is the pragmatic truth that that is still a thing? And I find that a lot of people are making the making their choices based off of the pragmatic situation. Yeah, around them. And around them. And unfortunately, that's based off of the fact that so many radical dreamers were in control of the situation up until this point. That when people started saying, what now? Which is a pragmatic question. They were saying, don't worry about it. Which is a phantasmal radical dreamer response it's dismissive because the superfluous nature of it is based off of the fact that they still believe that the future that they have in their head in their head is going to over is going to supersede the reality which people are facing right now and especially now that we're watching it a lot of this play out in the media it's one of those moments where i go that is honestly being centrist, the thing that I love mm-hmm. watching. These fucking dreamers are fucking stupid, and unfortunately, pragmatic people have to suffer because, just like we were talking about earlier, the dreamers hold the clout. It's fucking dreamers with their clout dreaming and dreaming and shit, yeah. and they have all the <laughs> currency because they hold all the fucking clout. So now people who have actual pragmatic solutions, solutions or pra- not even pragmatic solutions, pragmatic questions on both sides of the <laughs> aisle have to <laughs> wait till the dreamers and dreamers dreamers themselves are fucking dreaming dream themselves wake out. the fuck up. Yeah, because nobody's answering any questions. Nobody's answering nobody's any answering questions. Nobody's answering any questions. It's just wait. It's like a press conference, but nobody they're all talking at the same time and nobody's answering questions. It's, and everybody in the middle is like, but what about this? It's like, it's oh. It's like the car is literally driving down the hill. Don't fucking talk yeah. to me. We're driving towards the cliff. Can you please stop telling me not to worry? Oh my god, stop talking about what the ocean's like. I don't care. What the what's like? The ocean's like, oh, we're driving off a cliff. But the ocean is so amazing. Motherfucker, if you don't if, if you don't get stop you. the fucking car. <laughs> but that's really that's honestly that's what's going that's on. That's my actual take and, and it's 
And all this stuff is basically me dealing with it because my pragmatic mm. issue, and it's very, very selfish to say this, but my pragmatic issue is that I'm watching my favorite franchise of all time crumble in front of me because I don't know what the fuck's going to happen with Black Panther. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm freaking out, man. <laughs> Yeah. I'm freaking out. I mean, I hope she, I hope she holds it to her ground. But it's oh, like, yeah. it's also like Disney. What are you gonna do now? This, are you gonna just let her shoot her without it? Like, I what is your plan? I don't even like. Here's my thing. I don't have an issue with any of her choices. Yeah, it's not no. her yeah, fault. Yeah, she's not doing nothing. She's making a choice as an autonomous individual. Yeah. Like, this is my decision, and I'm sticking yes. with it. It wasn't even her choice to be the lead of the of Black Panther in the first place. Yeah, it was a terrible situation that occurred that was out of the control of people. And now people are just making choices. Yo, not yeah. the most logical because fuck it, we'll we'll call Cardi B for advice before we call Neil deGrasse Tyson. I also think everyone is sticking to their guns because for the last like little while we've all been like void of choice of choice because like like we didn't get to choose lockdown, we didn't get to choose the time, we yeah. didn't get to choose the length, we didn't get to choose nothing. Nobody got to, you got didn't get to choose anything, and everyone's been like, you know what? I'm fucking sick of this. Mm. I'm fucking sick of this. I just want, like, this is my choice. Fuck you. Fuck what you think. I'm sticking with it. Well, that's actually the only thing I will say. Well, not the only thing, but one of the things I will say that sucks about living in a socialist environment because based off of democracy as a whole, you don't have choice. Yeah, I know. You have the illusion of choice and you have the delegation of choices to people who are your officials. That's how this whole thing works. We don't have true autonomy. I know, it's terrible. Yeah, but... That's how... That's that's, that's the unfortunate truth about about the way that humans are. Humanity has never been a, a lone wolf society. Like, we're not, we're not lone wolf creatures. You... They've... Studies have shown that people die earlier if they're... Alone. Alone. Yeah. Even... Even the concept of, of babies. Evolution has made it so that babies have to be born ba- borderline premature. Yeah. In order to survive birth, yeah, because like, because of, of our cranial capacity, yeah, we have such big heads, and the only reason why we have big heads is because the brain became the most social aspect of us, mm-hmm. and evolutionarily, it was the most important thing for our survival mm-hmm. was the ability for us to communicate with other people and our visual cortex and our visual cortex, yeah. But like, and what's interesting is once again, it comes back to the first part of our conversation when we're talking about how people are so fucking annoying that if you say Merry Christmas to them, it's literally evolution. We're born to be social creatures. So when I do something socially with you, I'm just following my fucking programming. Like, fuck. Can you please (laughs) just fuck? Do you have to be a dick? Like, hey. My ancestors would have thrown you up the village. Uh-huh. That's what they used to fucking do. If you're not a social person, mm-hmm. you get kicked out of society. Yeah, they'll trust you up to a tree and leave you there. Yeah, that's oh it. That's it. We're done with that. We're oh. done with Jerry. Yeah. Forget about him. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And like, but that's what a lot of this ends up coming down to is the fact that, yeah, democracy and socialism and all this stuff basically puts in an, us in a position where... The large majority of people have control over things. It's a mob mentality, really. The problem is who leads the mob, or who, and not even who leads the mob, who motivates the mob to be formed. Yeah. 
No, we really need to mob the action. Yeah, because a mob is fine if you have just a bunch of people agreeing on things. It's like, oh yeah, I yeah. like I like trousers, nineteen seventies trousers more than two thousand and seven jeans. Like oh, it's like oh, this guy wants to kill all nineteen seven, and then yeah, then it becomes oh, let's pick yeah, pickets and all that shit. And that's what it comes down to because we are really in a we like this society. This this society has a lot of different mobs, mm-hmm. and those mobs have a lot more clout currency and just a, lot currency, more reach. a lot more reach than they used to because social media, mm-hmm. once again, clout as has an ability to actually reach a hot, a larger audience. It's like gang mentality, mm-hmm. but like on a scary global scale. And- I also find that social media has stopped people from the ability of long, deliberate thought. Yeah. In the sense of making decisions and choices about their, their next actions. They tend to do what everyone else is doing or what feels best at the moment. They, like, like, they won't think through their actions. Mm. From, like, from, from action to plausible conclusion before acting. And, ends up, and we all end up in a situation where, where the person that runs the country can barely speak English. Because their dementia has progressed so far. Shout outs to Joe. Shout outs to Byron. Uh, Byron. <laughs> Joe Byron. <laughs> what you take? What, what you take before this Thanksgiving? Uh, what is it? Beans, rice, Jesus Christ, and Byron. <laughs> I love that. We go. I don't know. Why. Oh my god. I'm not gonna lie though. My fa- my my mom hates when I call when I call him this. But like during the during the debates for like the last election. When when Donald Trump called Joe Biden Sleepy Joe, <laughs> bro, that was like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it beat out Crooked Hillary for me. Yeah, like, I don't even like the Republicans. I don't fuck with any of these people. But holy shit, that is the most accurate description, description of a person. <laughs> that nigga is sleepy as fuck. Yeah, yo, needs a nap. Oh my god, literally he's signing something. He's like, and the uh, I'm they're, not gonna read it. I'm just gonna sign it. I'm like. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh my god! This is the uh, man with the military codes. Yeah, he doesn't remember the military codes. Oh, good geez. old senility. Yeah. Oh, good thing. I mean, I mean, yeah. He can't launch nukes, dude. He's literally the lame duck president. Literally, but. Let me not get it. We're, we're Canadian. It doesn't really affect us. We just get to laugh at it and no, be scared we don't of the fact get that to it laugh. really does affect us. Because we have Trudeau right three terms. We do get to laugh. We don't get to laugh. But like... But okay. like... But no, like, no, no, no. Go, go on with that sentence. But like, <laughs> but like here's my thing. Okay. So, okay, okay. so here's my thing. So Trudeau... Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> how do you explain this? Because like... Because here's my problem. I can't even do the... I can't even do that... And be honest with yourself. Because he is a dumbass. He's a fucking he's idiot. He's a fucking idiot. But here's my thing. Okay. At least he's awake. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga's sleeping. Like, he at least reads everything before he goes, yeah, native people, I don't respect them. Whatever. He's, okay, no, fair. Like, he's a piece this of shit. Guy, he's guy's, an absolute piece of shit. He's caught in the dream. <laughs> but, like, holy shit. That, like, okay, so... <sighs> Because I always have this, I have this conversation with the Republic, like, like, li- like the left versus the the right when yeah. it comes to like white people. Oh. It's like overt racism versus covert racism. That's all it is. They're both still racist. Politicians are still crooked. They're still pieces of shit, regardless. Like that's just what that's what you expect when you deal with when you deal with the consequences of of 
politics. Yeah, I guess. And especially now where politics can also be can also have clout injected into it. We're no longer looking at people based off of their merits or their platforms or mm-hmm. their capabilities or their or their track record. We look at it and we go, damn, Justin Trudeau kinda looks hella sexy with like, you know, mm-hmm. the beard and the and the long whippy dip hair. I mean he I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. There aren't that like he's at least top ten sexiest leaders on the planet right now. Like the man, the man got the sexy. The man, okay, got game. The like, man yeah. got the sexy. Uh, fine, but that's not that's not a perfect way to pick a president. It's not. That's like that's like that's like the conversation we had a couple of years ago. It's like yeah. assuming a, a a hot girl is good at sex. Yeah, it's like it's like okay, so because he has the leadership jawline, you think this guy can lead a country look, for three terms? Look, we know we know why this is this is the game, but the game is still the, the game. game. <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm gonna, it, yo, it cheeses me. I'm not gonna lie though. I'm not gonna lie though, and I don't want to admit this about Sleepy Joe, but Sleepy Joe probably was a sexy man back in the day too. Still, the man got good old sexy man. That guy got good old sexy man look to him. Still, all right, yo. Just, I'm not gonna lie, no homo. Still, I have to say this because I've been getting way too many comments about people trying to ask me that, like, if I'm no, nah, I'm straight. I'm straight. Knowledge it. Oh damn! Yo, it'd be annoying because half of the people that listen to this shit know me personally, <laughs> and then be like, "Bro, is there something you need to tell me, bro? Like twenty twenty different." <laughs> I'm like, "Nah, I'm, I'm I'm Gucci. I'm all the way Gucci." Okay, but no, I'm a sexy man still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yo, so okay, so your type is old white man. Of course. Ah, all right. Yo, fuck. You chasing the money, eh? Yo, I'm trying to find me an Ivory King. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Tom Brady, yo, come in my DMs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my man got so many rings. Give me one. Nah, okay. but seriously, have you seen the Buccaneers? This, oh my god, 10 and 3 record. They're fucking disgusting. I love them. <sighs> Tom Brady. Tom Brady, yeah. See, that's my thing. Because, yeah, yeah, this, that's. <laughs> it's like people would say, oh, lo- oh, Kojo, you don't, you don't like what, you don't like white people. I like Tom Brady. That's the whitest person ever. It's not an equivalent to a white person saying, "Oh, I got a black friend." Yeah. Um. Okay. I have, yeah, I have a black. I have a black. Black. Uh, I'm black. I don't know. I was, I was gonna say I'm a black fan, but I guess that would be more for Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady, you have a black fan. I'm, I'm a black fanboy. <laughs> I, I am a black fanboy. I guess. <laughs> Oh man, where, where are we going? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Where did we go? How did we get here? I was talking about how sexy Justin Trudeau was, and that's oh yeah, that's why, the reason why the reason why he did the office. That was it. Um. He was literally like, and it's crazier because of all the scandals and exposés and all the mm. stuff that you hear about him, and you know, black face and brown face and black brown face, and he really couldn't choose between black or brown. He just wanted to be just, a different yeah, face. Look, I want to do a racist face tonight. <laughs> oh my god, just make me racist. All right, I want to look. Mr. Popo, but let's not, go. But not Asian. Stop Asian hate. Stop Asian hate. We don't do that. Fuck them here. niggas, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, are you are you a darker tone than me? I will not respect you. Indian people, black people, indigenous people. Who are all these darkies? <laughs> Holy shit! You know what's the wildest part about the United States and the reason why? Like, yo, they still call indigenous people native Indians. Yeah. 
Like, like they still work Indians in there. Like just so that, just so the ghost of Christopher so you know, Columbus. Yeah, just so you know, Christopher Columbus. Like, fucked hey. you guys. And you just, like, <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, this is the last for ten generations. Oh my god! Yo, get out of here, you Indians! They're like, we're Indians. <laughs> we are actually Americans. This is we're America. Just, we were here. We were, were here. Get out of here, you dang Indians! Nah, <laughs> Like, it's uh, like saying go back to Africa, you Chinese. <laughs> what? Yeah, we're trying to find China, but we landed here, so we're just gonna call you guys Chinese. Are you guys Asian? Like, yeah. It's like holy. Is this shit. the Orient? That's <laughs> the wildest part because India is a country. They went to a continent and then called all, all the, the people con- on that continent India. Like what this the? This f- is India. Not even that. Native. Mm. Like, like how original you, how, Indians? How Y'all cre- the Indians. <laughs> How the fuck do you create the language and don't know what the fuck? Words mean things. Native. Indians. That means people, original people of of India. India. (laughs) You're in America. (laughs) Dumb fuck. Oh my God. White people. I say this and I'm like, yeah, Tom Brady though. Tom see, Brady. look, look. <laughs> see polar extremes. I don't think those balance out though. <laughs> they do. I know. I don't think the whiteness of Tom Brady adds to. It, totally I, it does, subtracts man. from the racist. You haven't seen <laughs> Tom Brady do Tom Brady shit. Wait, wait, that man is like, like, like may, eat mayonnaise sandwich. Like for yeah, <laughs> I bet. Yo, the man, the man's forty something, still playing in the NFL. All of his food is unseasoned, guaranteed. He has to have peak whiteness. Just like this <laughs> man, like. Everything peak whiteness. Boiled chicken. Like super bleached rice. He doesn't even eat broccoli, he's cauliflower. No. Like the man has to be like absolute white. <laughs> the most whitest like he So liking Tom Brady subtracts from your anti white sentiment. Okay. No. You gotta balance it out. My Ivory but, okay. King. Okay. My okay. Ivory King keeps everything in but balance. All of our white viewers wanna know is there an inverse? What? If you find niggas to be obnoxious and loud, is there a certain nigga celebrity or or athlete that you can like that will counteract your nigga hate? Uh, to, to the white people. Kind <laughs> 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 of like Shaq. I mean Samuel Jackson in general. Yeah, I would say. But <laughs> hey, remember how I said my my favorite artist of all time is Kanye West? Yeah. I, I think that balances out the niggas. The niggas, Kanye <laughs> West, or Shaft? Kanye West. You have two. We only have one. Kanye West made a fucking concert. Streamed it on Prime Video. And the whole point of the concert was to talk about freeing a man named Larry Hoover. And spent the entire concert just making up with Drake and talking about how he wants Kim back. They didn't, they didn't say Larry Hoover's name once throughout the entire concert. They didn't even play the song that Kanye West made specifically to bring awareness to the freeing of Larry Hoover. They, the person, like, at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the show, they were supposed to have, like, this whole little, like, dedication to Larry Hoover. It was even shown online. There was a person who came out, this old black lady talking about, and it was, oh, let me not talk about that. The old black lady, she came out, I was like, hey, even in this night of celebration, remember, Larry Hoover is still in jail. Mind you, all that is playing, like, during the early 
opening credit thing where it's not even like credit. It's literally like there's a PA announcement going on, like that's muffling out her actual talking. They have no cameras focused on her. It oh. just a, it literally sounded like a random black lady just got, got into the got into the production booth and just grabbed the mic and started talking. Kanye West is my balance of niggadom. <laughs> I don't hear what Maximal anybody says. I'm so pro nigga. I need like yeah. he's my nigga anchor. <laughs> that that yo Kanye West. And he made Jesus walks. And he made Jesus walk in a pair of Yeezys. <clears throat> oh my god, and his clothes. I'm not gonna lie, that's the most beautiful part about about Kanye West. Kanye West made white people wear hobo clothes, and I I will always mm-hmm. love Kanye West for that. He also made my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. He did, that but was... he also made hobo clothes. Hobo clothes for is white people. For, for white people, you guys paid a thousand dollars for selling for a moss, to white people for a moth eaten sweat Aiden sweater. And the worst part is, if you look at some of the production shit on that, it's literally one of those blanks, like, one of those blank sweaters. Yeah. Like, the ones that, like, if you ever done, like, if you ever do clothing and stuff, like, the literal, oh, these are just the, the Stock raw material. Yeah. The raw material shirts with holes in it. Like and a Yeezy you, tag in the back. Less than what you're getting if you just bought the shirt. Literally, literally, they're like, how did Kanye... End up with a four billion dollar company because he sold ten dollar shirts for a grand to white people. <laughs> hey, four one nine. Hey, I know, right? <laughs> he bought you four one nine. He made you Nigeria's proud. Peak niggadum. <laughs> Peak. Oh my god, this guy came straight oh from the streets of Lagos. Oh, yeah, by way of Chicago. Yeah, by oh, way of Chicago. Bro, two places with the greatest 419s. And then he and then and then he got big in in New York. So like he literally hit all of the scams, all the oh. scammer places. Yeah. All the nigga scams just okay. in one man. Through a Larry Hoover concert. Yeah. And didn't talk about Larry didn't Hoover. Didn't talk about Larry Hoover once. He just made up with Drake. That was a whole concert. It was literally just... You, did they perform any songs? They did. Oh, okay. They performed songs. They performed, like, one song together, but it was basically, like, Kanye West playing all of his hits, and then Drake kind of pissed off that he didn't realize that, that he was going... To, he could, like, play all of his hits, so he just played songs from, like, Certified Lover Boy and, like, I think one or two Lucy's. Oh. And it was... And actually, it was funny, because Kanye West performed the song that he made for Drake. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then it's like, you see a, a clip of, of Drake just like dancing out to it, like vibing out, like a whole fanboy. It was actually kind of hilarious. It was a good concert, though. It was late as shit. I, like, it started at 11. I didn't PM? The, yeah. Man, I was already sleeping. <clears throat> no, nah, but it ran on CP time. So it didn't start until like an hour and a half. So I was up at 12.30 just waiting to hear Jesus Walks. Did they play and it? They did. Oh, they played all of it. They played all them, all them, all them hits. Okay, good. Because Jesus Walks is sick. It is sick. <laughs> I'm imagining you being like, after hearing, you're like, well, no. <laughs> just going to sleep. That was the sadder part. I was up. The whole way through? Yeah, and then I had like appointments in the morning. Still did my job, but it was like, it's one of those things where you, you, you regret nothing, but your body regrets everything. Yeah. Mind. No regrets. Now I have content for a podcast. Body, 
Fuck your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, nigga. And your couch. And your couch. <laughs> Fuck your couch. That nigga you do the podcast with? Fuck him, too. Like, just... Matter of fact, so stop it. <laughs> oh, like, I'm not in control of this. He's, like, kicking things over. <laughs> I'm sorry. I watched Kanye. <laughs> Peak nigga. I'm... I'll sleep. I swear. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, oh. Yeah, Kanye, I guess Kanye West would do it. Yeah, it balances it out. I still think Shaft is a good choice, too. Shaft is definitely a good choice. I really like Shaft. He you should. He just slapped bitches. That's what he did. Edit point. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but That is right. <laughs> like, what is the reason for loving Shaft? He, he slaps, slaps bitches. bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Single tear. <laughs> They told me I can't love him no more. <laughs> oh man, how did did you watch uh, any of the remakes for? The- no, oh, I don't know the original one. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, probably like the actual black exploitation original or the Samuel Jackson original. I think Samuel Jackson original. That was a that was like the re. That was a remake. Oh, yeah, because okay. because like Shaft was a part of the whole black exploitation. Yeah, shit. But- it's like Black Dynamite. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. Still amazing. This oh, beat wasn't God. funny as fuck. Yeah. Black Dynamite. <laughs> so, I mean, it wasn't the funniest shit. It's like, oh, these are terrible stereotypes. Yeah. But this shit is hilarious. Yeah. I love the Black Dynamite Richard Pryor episode. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, my main man. Cocaine. He's like, oh, he's like, it's a cold day in hell when an ignorant ninja tell me what to do. <laughs> I love that. Oh, Black great. amazing. Which is actually weird because when you think about black exploitation films, like, most of them are... Most of the stars there were, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't want to talk about this, but, like, Pam Greer was basically doing, low, like, softcore porn. Like, that was her entire thing. She was, like, the sexy, foxy, like, mm. super spy that would get caught and almost kind of have sex with white people. Oh. That yeah. was, that was the, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to diminish the accomplishments of Pam Greer. She's an amazing actress, but that was but that she was typecast. <laughs> oh yeah, essentially. That's but that was that was the concept of black exploitation in yeah, general. But there were only there were only what three black roles through there. There yeah. even even up to now, there are only three main black roles that uh, most black actors are typecast into. There's the strong, domineering black. Oh uh, no, there are four. Yeah. Oh, there's a strong domineering black guy. There's the sidekick, this fat, the quick speaking sidekick mm-hmm. that is um, the drive. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the there's the the, the seductress Jezebel and queen. Yeah, and, and that's it. And that's it. Those, those are your black people. Well, then there's well then there's the ultra cruel the ultra cool super fly guy. That's the that's the that's the big black jock. Yeah, yeah, just the cool guy. Yeah, but it's just cool is just different in different eras. In yeah. one era it was jacked. In one era it was like. Smooth talking, like. Well, it's me more the the super intimidating black guy. Yeah, the bodyguard the, guy. That's the, yeah, that's the strong, that's the strong scary guy. No, I don't. I don't mean like because you have the super fly black guy who's like the who could be like the main character guy, the Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. and then you have the Debo. Okay. The literal giant monstrous black man, the <clears throat> so um not Song of the South, was it Song of the South? The first movie, uh, the Disney movie, with, not, the old, not, with the old guy that sang to the white kids. No, nah, but that was also really that's, that's fucked up. South, yeah. <laughs> that is song of the south. Oh fuck! Uh, Birth of a Nation. Okay. So the so the original black 
more the more original black exploitative movie. Yeah. Uh, where it was basically a Ku Klux Klan movie about like basically King Kong ish, where yeah. the black man steals a white woman, and then the Ku Klux Klan has to go find him and kill him and all that different stuff. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the idea of the monstrous black man. Specifically as, like, the Terry Cruises, mm-hmm. the Debo, the Ving Rames, like, the giant, intimidating force of nature black guy. Mm-hmm. That's different from the cool black Oof. guy. It's, it's like, it's its own different thing. <clears throat> Funny enough, now we end up back on that conversation I was supposed to have, like, a week ago. Yeah, see? The, it all comes full uh, <laughs> circle. Of the strong black woman trope versus, and the cool black guy trope. And yeah. now it's like, it's unfortunate that um, black people are typecasted because it means that in film, media, and just in mm. perception as a whole, we, those who do not actually fall within any of those four stereotypes mm-hmm. aren't considered quote-unquote black. <clears throat> yeah, and you hear a lot of it, oh, you're not black enough, which is weird, because you don't hear that from any other, maybe like Asian, it's like, oh, this person's not Asian enough, yeah. or, or they... they uh, it's, yeah. I think it's just, I think we normalize, we normalize that, that comment specifically mm-hmm. for people of color, but yeah, not for yeah. white people. But not for white people. But I, really, I know that it happens a lot with black people, because black mm-hmm. people are expected to be a specific way. Yeah. And same with, like, Asian people, but, like, Oriental Asians. It's like, yeah. like I've, I've met a lot of Asian people who, the first thing they're asked is, oh, you're, oh, you're not good at math? You get what I'm saying? Or yeah, something yeah. like that. And it's like, oh, you're typecast into this role. Stereotypical yeah. character. Like, 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 forget who you are, you're just this. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, it was a big, it was a big deal when Harold and Kumar came out, because Kumar wasn't, like, uh, wasn't, like, the super nerdy... Mm-hmm. Brown guy. He was the main character. He was actually kind of cool. He was a pothead. He he basically played the role of the white stoner kid. Yeah. But he was brown. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's. <clears throat> I understand diversity in that sense. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah. And I like diversity in that sense, where it's just it's just like I like it a role where I I don't care whether you're a girl or a guy or you're black or white. It's just an interesting story. Like Arcade, for example, right? Yeah. I have a thing with female-led shows and stuff. I know there are good ones, but most of them that I've seen that have been forced have been terrible. Like Supergirl. Yeah. You go to somewhere, it's like, oh, you're a girl, and this is their main focus. They've been horrible. Yeah. Right? But... I, I like pointing out shows like Arcane where it's like this is a female led show like most of the screen time is female based and I love this show speaking of it interject you finished Arcane right no I just got my Netflix back up two episodes okay okay okay. Well, I know next, I know, I know. I we have to talk about it but we do have to talk about it but, but I'm yeah, watching okay. it and I'm like this show is fantastic because yeah. I just like the characters and the show and the story that's going on and I don't care like same thing with like why I feel a lot of people have accepted Miles Morales as yeah. a, and they've rejected a lot of the other like like uh, diversity yeah. characters because yeah. Miles Morales has stories <laughs> and it's interesting and has a plot and it's like he understands I yeah. think that they've also addressed in the series that he understands that he'll never be Peter Parker he'll never be Spider-Man so he tries he to do his own to, yeah. thing he doesn't the thing is it's not even about that because that's because that conversation is always a conversation about white excellence and, and specifically for uh, people of color mm. where the hierarchy of excellence specifically puts white people at the top so you have to want to be the white the you want you have to be akin to your white counterpart for you to be a, a, like to exist properly the thing about the Miles Morales story is that early on Miles Morales simply rejected the concept of being Peter Parker and saying hey I can be me and still be he he tried and in the first few comics he tried and he would even in um 
in the movie. Yeah, the movie. He would try yeah. to be Spider-Man, and it would. Always, and the only time it really clicked for him is when he just took his own path. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's a. Reje- it was an eventual rejection, and that and that is not something that is is <laughs> is properly spoken about about POC legacy mm-hmm. characters because a lot of the time they end up just mm-hmm. being oh you're black Spider-Man because it's like hey I'm gonna take the Peter Parker trope mm-hmm. and then I'm going to try to blacken the Peter Parker mm-hmm. trope so, rather than create a Miles Morales character I feel like that's with a lot of not even just POC legacy characters that's just the problem with a lot of legacy characters in general characters yeah. that follow other characters it's hard for them to like Unless they're like completely different. For example, Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel. Yeah. When Captain Marvel was Miss Marvel, her powers are completely different than Miss Marvel now. And even mm-hmm. now, it's like her her name still brings irks, but that's yeah. because Cringe. of its relationship to Captain Marvel. Yeah. But a lot of legacy characters is like showing that they're not just there, and it's even in real life. Like if even if you're following someone's footsteps, showing that you're different, and that you can, you'll never be a better version of someone else. Well, that's actually where I was hearkening back to the POC excellence conversation mm-hmm. in general, because the idea is that as a whole, people of color have, especially within a white a white society such as North America, mm-hmm. we have to deal with the fact that everything that we do is gauged upon how close we are to white excellence. Yeah. It's like we can't do things that don't specifically <clears throat> become us competing against white people and succeeding. It has to be something like... Or we can't do things that specifically aren't aren't uh, us competing against white people and su- and succeeding above and beyond the the whiteness of something. Otherwise, it becomes tarnished and ghetto, and yeah. and it becomes devalued. But, so, but does that problem lie with them or with us? Both. Well, okay. Who does the more of the onus lie on? With both. them or with us? That's what I'm saying. It's both. It, uh, it's I agree. To, I agree. It's, it's both, to, but I agree. The onus I don't know, lies because, with like, us. I can say, I can say, the onus is on us, but the society dictates. The, that that is true. So if it's a white society, like, yeah. and the only means, and the only means for 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 up for upward mobility mm-hmm. is specifically by challenging white white society and overcoming white society. Fair enough. Or accepting white society like Miles Morales did it but striking out on your own see the thing you see the problem the problem is if you accept if you accept the ceiling that's your ceiling mm. and if you accept you have to live up to, to white excellence as you call it yeah then you're gonna keep striving for that you get what I'm saying yeah but even in even in the Miles Morales story it wasn't like he just accepted the fact that Peter Parker existed yes he 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 had to take a moment and be like fuck it well even in me becoming even in me becoming my own person I'm still just as good of a Spider-Man as anyone else. So that means still basically puts him in a position where he's 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 being his merit is being held. Yeah, that's the reason why they even came out with the Spider-Men book where but, they had the conversation both of them. where both people were were both uh both but, Peter and him were fighting. But the reason to say I, I say the onus is with us is because think of think of us as the black the black people as Miles Morales yeah. and and the white people as society. Yeah, right. We have to accept that we're Spider-Man before they do. Well, yeah, that's why I, I get. That's where the onus comes in. But when you talk about when you talk about quantity, it's not like Miles Morales can say he's he's uh, he's an amazing superhero. Mm-hmm. But will Miles Morales be allowed on the Avengers? Probably. How how do you know? When that? he gets when he when he gets older, I'm pretty sure he'll be allowed on the. No, Avengers. but I'm saying I'm saying specifically within the within the societies within the superhero within the established superhero societies that are available. Not based off of his own marriage, just based off of the society as a whole. 
if they don't fuck with Miles Morales, it doesn't matter how good Miles Morales is as a, as a superhero. Mm. If you don't fuck with you, you're not a, you're not a superhero. Yeah, it's like there are there are amazing, like the Hulk. Mm-hmm. The Hulk, fundamentally speaking, was never supposed to be an Avenger. If you talk, if you go based off of the actual comic books, because if, and even now you go read the Immortal Hulk series, the Immortal Hulk series that's out. The Hulk's one of the Hulk's main antagonists is, is the Avengers. Because they just don't accept him. Okay. It's just that simple. Yes, but they don't accept him for reasons other than the fact that he doesn't have the merit. It's because half the time he, you can't control him. Exactly. But, but that's not a Miles Morales. See, that but a, that's that's the point. What that's do you actually mean? a very that's a very you probably just stumbled on a very important part when it comes to why POC why POC people don't always get acceptance because you can't control a POC character the same way you can control a white character. Because they they're not they're not in they're not naturally integrated into 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 the society which dictates and dictates the actual placing. It's like um, it's like being in a Fortune five hundred company but having dreads. They're eventually going to ask you to cut your dreads off. Okay. Yes. It's it's as simple as are you yes. are you conducive to the environment by which the society holds itself. It's like the society holds itself up to. It's like, yeah, <clears throat> Miles Morales could be the greatest character of all time. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. If we have a black-led Miles Morales book, and in that book, Miles Morales comfortably says nigga all the time. That's a part of his trope. Will he be able to translate over to an Avengers comic? No. With not without, but they would like have to like they would have to, okay. But but they wouldn't let him say nigga in a, in a Miles Morales comic. How do you know? Because they don't let Deadpool swear. But Even when saying. Deadpool but wants to swear, saying. he does it. But that's what I'm saying, and that's actually a very interesting point because once again, it's the same issue that people are having with Deadpool, the movie, integrating into the MCU because R rated mm-hmm. content being put into a PG thirteen content. No, but sure. There are you can give we can give exam. I'm just giving a I'm giving a hypothetical. I understand, but but we know the Marvel universe is going to have to switch over to R rated to R rated films. Well, that's what I'm saying. Something mm. has to give. If of course, going, something has to give. But I'm saying that's the that's the thing. That is the thing that that has to have that becomes a conversation. What is more important when it comes to the switch? Do we switch the Deadpool to a PG thirteen, or do we switch the Marvel to an R rating? We switch Marvel universe to an R rating. That's your mean, opinion. No, that, no, and that doesn't say every movie in the Marvel Universe has an R rating, mm. but the Marvel Universe will but have that's to... that's your conclusion. No, no, I'm saying that's your... You gave you gave your conclusion. Yeah. You haven't given the truth, though. That's your conclusion. I understand, but of, I, can tell, I can tell you why I came to my conclusion. I know. I'm just saying... I'm not... That's, that's the thing. It's, not, it's, it's kind of... It's, it's kind of irrelevant. It's I, an irrelevant I, point because it's not the point. The mm. point is that's the conversation that it's had when it comes to, when it comes to the integration of... POCs into a white dominated society. I, the question is who gives first? It doesn't matter what your conclusion is to it. Wait, that is but the gives to what? To the society to whatever the narrative, whatever the society, whatever the whatever the cultural background of one person versus the other person is. If you are and once again this all comes back to white excellence and the fact that the fact that once again we fall into different tropes based off of our perception as POCs in a in a broader white society, does the white society inter- allow for the integration of new tropes, which better suit the full black, brown, Asian, 
female trans whatever experience. experience or does it or be, or does it make it so that the story narrative character of the poc whatever falls in line with what has already been the expectation for the white society it's like especially as an artist your lens of success will always be gauged based off of a white excellence basis and in white excellence music and arts is not not at the top of the list engineering doctor lawyer Oh, all so these different things. So that, you're talking about a general. Yes, I'm not talking about anything specific. That's why there's no reason to bring an answer. The answer you can we can give the answer, but it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that the narrative is still the narrative, right? The narrative is there is a there are set lists on one side which dictate how how that hierarchy is set up. Mm-hmm. That hierarchy is different than our hierarchy. Which hierarchy is more important? And the question you were bringing up was who has own. Where's the onus lie? I said both, but then I but then you asked me which one's more important. What's more important is what was what dictates the final answer. Well, I feel like there is a final answer, but there's not one final answer. Yeah, I yeah yeah okay carry on because it's it it depends on like for example if we I feel yes we'll always be measured obviously if we live in a land of white people we'll always be measured by a white man's measuring stick yep the same thing if white people move to Africa they'll always be measured by the black man's measuring stick absolutely that is just that is just a you you, that's just being a product of your environment so then the onus is not on the person the onus is on the society What, what do you mean the onus is on the society isn't to change the onus is to integrate the tropes from whatever society and translate them into the society you're trying to you're trying to reach out once to. again the question you asked is was who, who's who's the onus on and, and I, asked, and I said both yes I said both. and I said you're correct for yes. both but more so which more important. but more so the onus is on the person trying to integrate to the society because I am trying to integrate to you people not the other way around but mm. there are instances where the society needs to integrate to the person don't get me wrong there's no sweeping rule for any yeah. of this I guess it, I guess it depends on how we look at the word onus in my case, I guess I might be using the word onus incorrectly. Mm-hmm. I put yeah, on, I, I put onus I put onus more as in what's the what's the importance who has the who has the higher who has a higher responsibility to do yeah. something. So, so so really and truly, mm-hmm. the easy answer is the person. The right answer is the society because the society if because here's the thing it's not like it's only one person integrating into the society. Mm-hmm. Especially especially now when you think about the fact that North America is quote unquote a white society. Yeah. Okay. It's not actually if you look at population dynamics. It's just that based off of the, the values and values culture, and art style, and all that, we are white society. We are a white yet. society. So really and truly, the onus is not on the person. The mm-hmm. onus is on the society because of the fact that regardless of how, regardless of, of where the fundamental, where the foundation has been set, okay. there is more people who fall outside of the tropes which are set by the society based off of the history, not based off of the reality of the Yes, thing. true. But the onus is on the person. I'll give you a good example. Okay. Burna Boy. Burna Boy bought, brought Nigeria to the to the, to white society yeah. while bringing tropes and things that are Nigerian, basically Nigerian, and striking out on his own by doing his own Nigerian thing mm-hmm. within the white society, using the parameters of the white society. He was able to practically not I won't say create a genre but bring a genre to the forefront you get okay. what I'm saying and they, it's, that means it's the 
the onus on the person to understand the society they're trying to integrate into and what they're bringing to that society and finding a balance between the two. The society is not going to change. If the onus is on the society to change, then you're going to be waiting forever. Do you know how many okay. people yeah, are yeah, going yeah. to be are there? But yeah. if you can change, if you can find the right line, then you're more likely to get get a solution. Well, that's the thing. I don't. I would. I understand the Burna Boy example. The only thing I would say is that Burna Boy was was like popped didn't pop off in the states first. He popped off in Africa. Of course, he popped so off he in popped Africa. Off, first, so but he popped he, off in a demographic that already had people. But, and even in the states, he didn't pop off specifically for white people or white society. He popped, he popped off, off. But now a lot. Like I've seen a lot of a lot of like white people on my feed have posted. Yeah. About Burna Boy, I've heard a lot of people like he's become a topic. Yeah, and even though he started in his community, mm-hmm. you can see how much his message like has. If you listen back to his old stuff, yeah, yeah. and now how much it's changed for to to um, to like amalgamate the community that he's getting. See, that's why my answer is both. I still say I agree I with you. I'm just, you're real, you're real, <laughs> nigga, shit, God, damn. No, I'm saying my answer is both. But at the end of the day, that's an example of the society changing, though. Because the society saw the white society saw that the people around them were in, that weren't a part of the white society had found something that was really cool, and then they changed their perspective on the music to bet to better acclimate themselves to an appreciation for Burnaboy. I disagree. Okay, because if it was too foreign, they wouldn't acclimate to it. A part of it had to acclimate to them. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm not saying one person did nothing. And the other person did something. I'm saying both people did something. But you're asking me what what was more important. Yeah. The more important was the society acclimating to, to Burna Boy, not Burna Boy acclimating to society. Because if it was more important for Burna Boy to acclimate to society, his music would be astronomically different than what it is. It yes, there are slight alterations. Yes, he marketed himself a little bit different. But the reality is Burna Boy's success came out of the society acclimating to Afrobeats as a whole, rather than Afrobeats acclimating to a white audience and a demographic. Yes, but Burner Boy had to change his... What I'm saying is Burner Boy had to change his message enough that it would accept the white... Because if you listen to his early stuff, mm-hmm. it, it's it's not, it's not as... It's not it's more inclusive to, to being African. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And, and yes, you are right. The society did have to switch its view to him. But first, he had to do he had to do it first. So the onus is like, who has to take responsibility and, and adjust first? He had to make the first adjustment. See, that's what I'm saying. Probably our definitions are different because now we're having a circular argument. Because I literally have said that. You literally said that. But now we're having a conversation on okay, what, okay, what does all right, mean. All right. Because once again, it's... I'm not saying that's not the case. If you want to say who who shot first, Burner Boy or Society, Burner Boy shot first. Obviously, obviously, that's not a. That's, the The question was asked, what is who's more important? Like who's where where does the onus lie, lie more on? It lies more on the society. It doesn't like one artist changing their sound to kind of better suit a white audience doesn't immediately create success. The society has to be okay. Because think of it like this: Burna Boy may have changed his may have changed his sound by ten percent. So mm. before it was a hundred percent Nigerian uh, Afrobeats. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that just because he changed it ten percent, the society went from loving from not liking a hundred percent Afrobeats to being okay with ninety percent Afrobeats because he just took ten percent of it away. The society has to be okay with ninety percent Afrobeats after being zero percent okay with Afrobeats. The, like 
though that's the whole point about tropes it's like i can tell you can you can talk about we can talk about how different black actors have learned how to become how to become different roles but at the same time it's the fact that society has become more comfortable with seeing black people in different roles which has allowed black people to get better uh better uh, treatment and better and better responses for playing different roles the society will owe like the society as a whole when it comes to change has a bigger onus than the person they both have onus but i would say that the society has a bigger has a bigger responsibility to it yes but you see the thing about holding the society responsible is like holding a mountain responsible to move because you want it to move well that, Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? Because the society, no, society's a lot. Society's a lot of people. If you want to change society, have you tried changing the way people think in your house? Yeah. Like changing a society is extremely difficult. Changing yourself to suit to not only not to suit the society, not to like completely sell out to the society, mm-hmm. but enough to appeal to enough people in the society that will make a shift. Yeah. Is much easier than trying to change the society. Like, for example, and I'll give you another example, gay marriage. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It didn't, didn't change the society. The, the society didn't, they, they changed enough people's minds that it was stupid for them to keep gay marriage outlawed. You get what I'm saying? That is the society. Yeah, but but it was for them to change their message, to come out to, to like, to come out to, like, for example, they changed their message again and now people are like, okay, I'm getting tired of all this stuff. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's still, once again, the onus is still on to, on the society. And even saying, uh, like, equating society to a mountain is is technically a false parallel because a mountain is an inanimate object. If you were to say it's harder to convince one person to jump off of, it's harder to convince ten people to jump off of a cliff than one person to jump off. Of a cliff. Yes, it's, I know. I know. It's it, it's kind of it's more of a metaphor. It's yeah, like trying to move a mountain because it's so big and so large and so vast. Yeah. that you have a better chance of moving yourself than moving the mountain. It's a metaphor. I know. I, I get it, but uh, even I don't know. Let it, we don't have to worry about that. But, yeah, I just yeah. I get it. Uh, but does um, it, well, okay? Now we're just arguing semantics and, I mean, really and, and, and viewpoints. Oh, good, but like. Here's my thing. I I don't I don't think we have to I don't think we have to convince the other person on it. I'm just giving yeah. my, my yeah. Point. I'm honestly I'm just telling you how I think about it. Yeah. But yeah, how is that? <laughs> I don't know. Cause like yeah, I would say I'd say it's even hard to have this like have that kind of a conversation because it's like yeah, I don't. Okay, so I don't. I can understand possibly where we're coming from because essentially it's like I I'm not I'm not saying hey let's cast responsibility off mm, of the person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody's like I've once again if if that has been mis if that has been misconstrued mm-hmm. that's not my point. My point is if we are to if we were to have a conversation as to where onus lies mm-hmm. on the eventual trajectory of things okay it doesn't lie on a person it lies on a collective because we are a social environment mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what just one person does to better acclimate to their circumstances as a collective if if you have a school of fishes mm-hmm. and one and and the school is moving left Mm-hmm. And one fish moves right. The school is still moving left. It's it's on it's on the onus of the school to move right or right left right. It's on the it's on the it's on the onus of the school to move right in order for the school to move right. Yeah. It's not, so it's like yeah you. 
one person changing their style. And that's also my thing because I don't, because it comes back to the whole pull yourself up by the bootstrap conversation when it comes mm-hmm. to all of this stuff when it comes to black excellence. Yes, a black person can do more to be better equipped to survive in the society, but that doesn't change the fact that the infrastructure of the society makes it difficult for black people to survive in the society. Yes, Burner Boy can change his sound a billion times, but if they aren't okay with Burner Boy, they're not okay with Burner Boy. Okay, and here's what I'm... And, and, what, what I'm understanding is that... Oh, forget that. All right, here's what I... Here you go, man. Yeah. All right, so, and what I'm saying is, it is, yes, it is on the onus of society to change when change is presented to them, right? Mm-hmm. But the person presenting the change is on the onus of them to present their message in a way that it will be received by people so that it can change. You get what I'm saying? So you can have the right song or the right message, but if you do not, if it's completely foreign to them, if it's written in Swahili, you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You're not going to get an American audience. But if you then change the lyrics to English and make it more adaptive for an American audience, you're likely to get an American audience, right? Absolutely. You can release all the artwork you want to. You can release all the change you want to. You can be the blackest of the black. But if you don't, a part of you doesn't amalgamate to the society you're in, it is, it is, there's, there's no way, there's no way for it to work. You get what I'm saying? I absolutely and agree. And when it lies to onus on who is, who is more, because the society is like, well, it's like a very, very big creature, right? Yeah. A few people will turn, and like more people will turn as it goes on, but you can't get everybody at once. Mm-hmm. It's more important for the person that is that it, that has the message to get the message in, like to get the message right, than it is for everybody to accept the message. Because once you get the right people. That's it. Then the society will accept the message. Mm-hmm. But we are just looking at the chasm from different sides of See, it. It's not I'm, really a point to harp on. Yeah, it's not a point to harp on. I actually just like it because we can explore the topic. Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no like for me. For me, the fundamental truth that at the end of the day is the fact that we're we're saying both is right. Yeah. So yeah. Like now is now. I don't mind. Like it depends. If you don't want to, if you don't want to sweep into the abyss, then we don't have to. <laughs> I would only say the one thing I would the one thing I would say that is interesting about about that point mm-hmm. is that. It'll all depend on on what dictates right. What do you mean? So you were saying that they have like the person has to come with the right message, right? Well, not the right message. The more the more digest the digestible message. The yeah, mes- but you said right. Yeah, I did say right, but now, but more digestible. It's all yeah. It's all it's all the same. The the fundamental truth is still the same. Okay. Right? So right, digestible, presentable, yeah. marketable. Whatever, right? What dictates right, though? Obviously, the people. So then, the onus, the onus, once again, come. I'm saying it because I'm not. I'm not trying to make that as a secondary uh argument. That's where my. That's where my. That's where my mindset comes mm -hmm. from. Because at the end of the day, I can't. It's like okay. It's like our conversation when it comes to women, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Jordan Peterson once said, "Hey, it's not about like oh, you think." That all the women are crazy, mm-hmm. and you're the one that's the special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's exactly what my point is. Exactly. So, but here's the thing. Here's yeah. my only critique to that point. Okay. If we have to be, di- if it's dictated based off of that standard, mm-hmm. then the question becomes, what is right? 
because nobody talks about what is right past that point. You're wrong. They're right. Okay, what's right? Who controls right? What if the right right now doesn't make any sense? Who controls where I go? If I don't have a, if I'm trying to figure out where where to drive this car and you haven't given me a de destination, am I in the wrong, or are you in the wrong? Wait, <laughs> think about it. No, I understand. I understand the question. I get. I'm in the wrong. I'm. I'm just. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to figure out how this relates. Society dictates. Yeah. The direction by which artists decide to move themselves. Yes, but not always. But I'm saying, yeah. mm -hmm. in the case of Burna Boy, if he's trying to alter his music mm -hmm. to better suit the society mm -hmm. by which he's trying to market, mm -hmm. he has to know what is marketable. Yeah. So society controls that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But I'm not. But that's just information that's given to him. I know. That's not on the onus to act. But because we're saying. talking about the, it's either the onus for the for the person to change to, to change their sound enough to, mm -hmm. to for society to accept it, yeah. or the onus of society to turn and accept it. The onus is for the person to change their sound enough. It's like a whole bunch of people standing and looking in one direction, and you start playing loud music, and then you're like, okay, I'm gonna find music that gets them excited. Who's yeah. who's more who's the onus on the people to turn around and listen to your music, or you to actually find the right but song? But then at that point, it's just conformity based off of mom mentality. But I'm saying specific, it is because yeah, things, but, that's did, pop, that's, but that's pop culture. That's that, that's, know, but that, that's the point then that means that that means that once again that sound no longer has to exist it's an elimination of sound because at the end of the day if it doesn't become a if it doesn't become consolidation mm -hmm. between one sound and another side and this and it's simply you're wrong he's no. they're right no let me out mm -hmm. they're wrong you're wrong they're right you want to be here you got to do what they say then you no longer are doing afrobeats in the first place because you know the answer is they don't fuck with Afrobeats, so don't do Afrobeats. That is the answer. That's and that's where I'm talking about specifically when it came to Jordan Peterson. That's why I mm -hmm. brought it up. If the thing, if the fundamental truth is mm -hmm. women are right, you're wrong. Do the stuff that women want in order to be right, and we take that message across. Mm -hmm. Then that's what's gonna that's gonna be the case. The question, the thing, the thing when it came down to the Afrobeats thing is specifically just the onus. Yes, the onus is on the person to change their sound to best match the audience. But if the audience mm -hmm. is just not receptive to the original sound, it doesn't matter because the audience determines whether or not he's going to be successful. Mm -hmm. So the audience has to. Be willing mm -hmm. to accept a portion of what is originally the there offered, yeah. as a point. That's the onus. It's more important because he can. Because otherwise, he just changes his sound completely to match the audience, and then no, and then that sound no longer exists. He's eliminating his sound to match an audience because of the fact that the audience. Or like just in general doesn't want that sound. Yes, but Burner Boy didn't completely. I'm still using Burner Boy because it's, yeah, it's yeah, a good no. example. But he didn't completely eliminate his sound. Again, he he took something. He essentially took some things out, put yeah. some things in to to make the sound appeal to more people. Because oh, oh. Yeah, okay, okay. So so that being said, it is. I'm saying I'm saying it's not for him to eliminate his sound that, mm -hmm. or eliminate or change what he is. I'm saying it's for him to find a balance between what he is and what is being desired. And find and, and find that balance, so he's able to express himself uh -huh. in the way he wants to express himself. But 
express himself in a way that people are receptive to. It doesn't mean you have to completely sell out, I but know. you do have to. You do have to alter some things. But I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to say that the balance is determined by the audience. You have to, the marketing. Marketing that's a that's attached to him changing mm-hmm. his sound mm-hmm. is understanding how much of Afrobeats is already receptive to that audience. How much of it have they already changed and adapted to? That's what I'm trying to say. It's a market. It's basic marketing. You don't know. You don't know what you're supposed to supply unless you know the demand that's there. Yes, but it, the onus is on him because it's his job to find that balance. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah. Because it's his job to find the balance. Uh-huh. The onus is on him to change the sound and alter it so that he figures out what people like and what they don't like. Okay. Because the, when it says onus, like who has to act? And if you release a sound, yeah. the audience doesn't have to act if they don't like it. And once again, I'm saying that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about who is who has onus, who doesn't have onus. We're talking about we're talking about level of importance of onus when it comes to when it comes to him preserving his ability to perform his stuff, do okay. his stuff, right? And once again, this isn't even about Burner Boy. This is about the tropes of black people. Yeah, we're, so we, we, we've now, come down a rabbit so hole. So once again, it all comes back to the fact that even if we want to keep it on the Burner Boy example, mm. the point of the matter is, you don't know, you don't know what you're supposed, like what you can offer if you don't know what the audience is already receptive to. Mm. So level of importance will always fall on the audience more than the individual level of importance when it comes to the ability for black people to to pull themselves out or be or no longer be a part of these blackity black racist ass tropes will be determined by whether or not white society has moved forward in their understanding of black people okay. it's always on the like I, d- I, I disagree higher. with I yeah, disagree, yeah, yeah. but we can agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. I know. All right. All right. So what are we talking <laughs> We've about? We've gotten into this topic before, haven't we? We've yeah. literally talked about this all the so time. many times. Yeah. Because once again, it's it's the difference between our our mindsets when even when it comes to political views. Because mm-hmm. you're more we're both centrist. Yeah. Right? But you're more right leaning. I'm more left yeah. I'm more left leaning. So yeah. you're gonna you're gonna say, hey, pull yourself up on the bootstrap. I'm saying I'm more likely to say, hey, pull yourself up on your bootstrap than you're yeah, more likely to say, hey, society, you need to change. Because because me me personally, I just even right now, okay, mm-hmm. let's bring it back to this COVID example, right? Yeah, it's like what you can you can not want it. You can not want mm-hmm. things to go the way that they're going. You personally, yeah. and you can make all the decisions you want to make specifically on how to avoid all the bullshit that's happening. What happens when the society doesn't like that? No, well, they have to make a decision. Yeah, no, I I agree. But the onus is on society right now. Even in our even in this even in our pandemic situation, the onus that we have to we have to all come to grips in is the fact that we as a society have to make a pot a change that benefits us, not the individual. It's the, the society. But the as a reason whole. I say it's the individual is because regardless of if you want to accept the responsibility or not, you're responsible for everything you do yeah. and everything everyone else does. Once again, the, yeah. And the thing about that is, yes, you can blame the society, but I still believe that you can't say the onus is on society to change for my whims. That's impossible. Yeah. That is too many people for you to change. Change, but the only thing you mm-hmm. can do is change yourself. The only thing you can do is when they ask you to do something that you are against, yeah. is to get up and walk out. You can't ask everybody to walk out. Yeah, okay. Society changes one person at a time, and unfortunately, you 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 saying the onus is on society to accept something just doesn't or the, yes the importance yes it is important if you're gonna stand up and leave for mm-hmm. it to make a statement in society it is important. 
Yes, it is important for them to accept you and to mm-hmm. for them to to follow that statement, that trend, that music, that 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 black. Yeah. But but I feel like the level of importance lies on you making the statement and changing the statement to so that it accept it like it takes in enough people mm. that they're more likely to get up and walk out. You get what I'm saying? So like, I, yeah, okay. For example, if I'm protesting and I say, hey, so all at unvaccinated people, mm-hmm. right? I'm less like, I, I will get less of a response than if I tried to connect with everybody in the, he's like, no, no, like they can't, they're coming for the unvaccinated, but next they'll be coming for the, and then they'll be coming for, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have to cater my message. The onus is on me to cater my message so I can grab more people than for them to accept my message. Okay. Once again. is where I'm coming from. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But once again, I have to once again say. Yeah. I never said the onus alone. Yeah, I know. So I know. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. Having a, so once again, it becomes an argument of your points are valid because the point is yes, that is all the responsibility mm-hmm. of the individual. Yeah, that is all the responsibility of the individual. You are one thousand percent correct for that. I, I yeah. This is my pragmatic response. It doesn't matter if one person has onus on the thing. And we're not talking about onus alone. Mm-hmm. Both people, both both sides of the fence have onus. Yeah, we've said that. Though. Yes, I need I need to I need to repeat it though because once again, your the point that you're bringing is is specifically okay. Yeah, I have to cater my message. Yes, that is one thousand percent correct. If you want to change the onus of society, mm-hmm. the the pragmatic truth though is. Unless the society is receptive to that change, mm-hmm. doesn't matter how many times you try to you try to change it, and that's the pragmatic truth of it. So there is so so there is there is a person there's there's the controllable things that we have, and it's the uncontrollable things that mm-hmm. we have. And eventually, especially for myself, I've started to realize that a lot of the stuff that affects the world as a whole mm-hmm. is uncontrollable truths. Yes, okay. they're just things that I, I doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much I want to fly, I can't fly. Okay. That's that, right? Mm-hmm. The universe will the universe will die of heat death. Done. That's that's how the world works, right? Okay. So there are just some things that I can't control. One of the biggest things that I can't control is the society as a whole. Once again, when I first brought up the conversation about tropes last time, I just said mm-hmm. there's no reason for me to bring it up because Ironically enough, this is why I was, this is why I, brought, I didn't want to bring it up because it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter well, if I bring up the point, if I bring up the point, or don't bring up the point because the point is going to be the point is going to go the way it decides to go. It's also the reason why I say the game is the game. The that entire that entire thing is basically the reality of being a person in a society because the dreamer will make me think, hey. I have the, these ideas and these ideals will technically hold merit. The realist in me goes, but people think cloud is currency. So it doesn't matter if you're right, if the society doesn't agree with your rightness. It doesn't matter if you change your sound a billion times. It doesn't matter if you decide to be the whitest black person ever. Mm-hmm. Still nigga. If the society still thinks that you're wrong, you're wrong. If the society still thinks you're a nigga, you're a nigga. If the society doesn't fuck with Afrobeats, it doesn't fuck with Afrobeats. And, and you either you either lay... And the way the society works is you either lay down or you lay down. 
And that's just how it is. That's the pragmatic truth of it. We have to change the society in order for the in order for those dreams to make sense. But it isn't until but the problem is we live once again and it comes back to our conversation about socialism and capitalism. In a socialist society, a demographic demo, democratic society, the opinions of the populace are what really matters. And until we can get to a point where that 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 like the truth holds sway more than the opinions and especially the opinions of the masses versus the truth of the situation. It's just, it, the pragmatic truth is the society just holds more weight. It's, it's the onus of society to, to change in a social environment. I wish I, I, wish. I know I did. I, I fundamentally <laughs> okay. disagree I with I that premise. I, I fundamentally have <laughs> such a problem with that. Because it I, sucks. Yeah, no, it sucks. no, it's not even that it sucks. It's, it really it, does it, No, though. it just puts responsibility off on the society. So, like, for someone that says, I, I like to focus on the, uh, the controllable and the uncontrollable, yeah. it makes no sense to put the responsibility on something that, that is uncontrollable. Well, because you just have to reject, you have to reject the need for society. As your as the premise for everything, it's like it's like the welfare state, right? If you have it, if you are constantly relying on the welfare state to maintain your life, then you have to be you have to accept the fact that the fucking welfare state has more onus on your survival than you do. If you reject it and you say fuck it, I'm gonna make my own money. I'm gonna do whatever I can to make my own shit, so I don't have to rely on mm-hmm. the society, mm-hmm. rely on the welfare state rely on whatever, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter what the welfare state does. I'm good. But the, the truth is, if Burna Boy wants to make money mm-hmm. in a white society, the white society has to want to pay Burna Boy. That's just... Like, we don't want to tell no, you. No, I agree. I 100% that's, that's agree with you. But I think we're point. starting at different different lines. Because we're on different sides. No, we're, no we're, we're starting at different lines. And mm-hmm. we're measuring onus from different start points. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, You're yeah. measuring onus from when the track hits the, 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 the track hits the shelves. Right? Yeah. And people accept the track. And if people don't want to accept the track, if they don't fuck with your music, they don't fuck with your music. There's nothing you can do. I'm... I'm my starting line is from when he's making the track. You get know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You might want to make an African track and then consider like, okay, I'm gonna throw some like 808s in there because yeah. I know white people like 808s. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And now he's he's adjusting to the society till he gets till the meter hits the green and society's like, oh, I really like this. Yeah. So you get what I'm saying? But so I'm saying I'm saying the only thing is in a capitalist lens, mm-hmm. he if he's thinking that way, mm-hmm. the answer is don't do Afrobeats, do pop. The logic. I'm going based off yeah. of logic, not based off of a personal attachment to Afrobeats, not based yeah. off of a personal attachment to his music. I'm saying literally, if you are trying to, because once again, it comes back to it comes back to where's the gauge? Like, where do you stop? It's a slippery slope. Where do you stop when it comes to wanting the public to accept Except your you music and wanting to and make drop money? Your message, and, yeah. So it's like you're gonna but, make pop but, if you if you decide, hey, I need to I need the public to want. But to we're not to my talking music. about Burner Boy specifically. We're just talking no, about we're talking like, about. Let's say, like for example, our movie when we originally yeah. started this with black people in movies. It's yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I understand. Like, like make black like if you want it, make black movies. Yeah. And but make black movies and adjust them to the because yes we. Unfortunately, we do have to work off a white scale because that's the society we live in, yeah. right? So make your black, blacker, blackity black movies, right? Mm-hmm. And then adjust the scale to the point where it appeals to the audience, like the amount of people that you want, yeah. Without going too far, and yes, it's a balance, but everything's a balance. But that's what I'm trying to say. The history of the 
this started off basically where the four tropes yeah. only existed because society only allowed for the marketing of those four tropes. So I, I, and I, I that's what I'm trying to say when it comes to all this stuff. I'm not saying one thing. I got you, I got you, I got you. Yeah, yeah, I got I'm you. not saying one thing or the other thing. I'm saying if we're talking about this thing pragmatically... It wasn't. It wasn't like it wasn't like the act. The black actors only wanted to be pimps and drug dealers and prostitutes and and all these things. No, the only roles they had were those ones. So they had to play those roles to be a black actor. Eventually, when there was more exposure and society's viewpoint on black on blackness changed, then we had the Donald Glovers. Then we had the Issa Rays. Then we have, like, all these new black actors because the society caught up and allowed for more black actors to perform actual black roles. That's all I, I'm saying. No, I, I, do get, I do get what you're saying. Hey, you guys, let us know what you guys think. Yeah. And let us know if we're even arguing the same point. Because you guys will say, be like, oh, no, man. These they're, niggers. They're arguing again. two different things for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah so but it's i don't know it's interesting it's interesting i like miles morales but i I hate other other like like poc replacement characters yeah but i think it's because they didn't go through that like that's that moment that coming of self moment where they're like oh wait i don't have to be peter parker or tony stark or or like bruce banner i can be my own hulk or yeah yeah Funny enough that's literally the that's literally why i was agreeing with you in the beginning yeah because that's what happened Literally in the comic books, Miles Morales had his moment where he was like, "Okay, well, I can't. I know, like, people are going to look at me as though I'm supposed to be Peter Parker. Peter Parker, but I can't. But I can't be. So I'm gonna be Miles Morales, and that's the reason why his books sold so, so well. well. Because here's the thing that happened. It's why I like talk. He didn't join the Avengers. Yeah, he because he to. was not accepted by the Avengers. Oh wait, yes, this one, he was. A, he was a part of Shield. Shield oh, led yeah. by Nick Fury, a black Nick Fury, the guy who they didn't accept but, in the beginning. But they didn't accept it. He wasn't accepted by the Avengers because not because he was black. It's because he wasn't Spider Man, the Spider Man they knew. Yeah. But that's fair. But that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but that's fair. No, no because I believe later he yes. was accepted by the Avengers was, after proving his merit of being Spider Man. But the reason why his books sold so well in that universe yeah. is because he was a separate entity. Yeah, he was doing because he thing. literally was just doing his own thing. That's what I'm trying to say. The the Miles Morales comic mm-hmm. wouldn't have worked in an Avengers comic because Miles Morales as a character became his own entity. Yeah, and I, the problem would have been the issue that we have with every single part of comic books in general when it comes to any character being put into a, a fucking casting of any of these bullshits. How do we make him white comparable? Like, white adjacent. Like... It it always ends up being that way. You get you have your super awesome character, and then you put him on a team. Sorry, I was pointing at you. I got really, I got really. I am a super awesome character. I don't know what you're talking. (laughs) (laughs) You are definitely a super awesome character. um, No, but like the thing is, like it came down to the fact that when they were trying to when you when you try to market a character that is specifically specifically uh, attractioned or uh, in his own, in their own universe. And the thing about POC characters versus non-POC characters is the fact that their POC-ness ends up being a part of their story. It's organically put in, though. So Miles Morales' bi- like Afro-Latin culture was 
it was organically put into the story not being the focal point of the story. He's not the black Spider-Man. He's Spider-Man who happens to, to be, be a, black guy. a black guy. And I, that, that, that's what I prefer. And like, let's not focus on why they're different from, like, well, Supergirl's a girl. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. You get what I mean? But that's what I'm saying. The Avengers and all these historical comic books have had characters like Black Goliath. Goliath, but black. Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like all these yeah. other things, like even Falcon. Falcon was the black was the black sidekick yeah. for Captain America. Black Adam. Black, black Adam. Like uh, black, black lightning. lightning. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the problem is that historically, mm-hmm. comic books have always been a medium where the POC characters are put into a position where they are typecasted characters yeah. rather than their own organic characters. So once the audience views them, and especially since you are also a person of color, you see through the dumb trope and you go, well, this is some bullshit. I don't fuck with this. But with Miles Morales and even Kamala Khan, their their culture was organically a part of their character, not injected into the character. It's like, remember our conversation on uh, on the fe- on the strong female trope, how Ridley's got, how Ridley... He's just a girl, with, a guy with boobs? Yeah. And that was... And so the first movie... The first movie, it it could have been literally anybody. It didn't have to be a woman who was playing the role. But after they found that this character was was celebrated and loved so much by women, they tried to inject femininity, femininity, femininity. I can't say that word. Goddamn misogyny in my mouth. (laughs) Shout out to Tom Brady. (laughs) But um, uh, yeah, the femininity into the character, and then the character started to do weird shit that had nothing to do Mm -hmm. with. And that's where it comes down to because the reality is the society said, hey, this is a beautiful character that happens to be a woman. We want to see more women shit. So then they tried to throw more women shit into it rather than just accepting the fact that, hey, mm-hmm. this is this is just Ridley. Ridley happens to be a girl. And that's also the reason why you like Arcane because Arcane doesn't do that. Yeah, it's like, it's like fuck it. You're a girl. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't give a fuck you're a girl. Like, I close my eyes and you're just a person existing within the realm of... And I like stories like that. It's like, I don't care if you're a girl or a guy. As long as, like, it's interesting. What's going on is interesting. I'm telling you, next week when we have the Arcane conversation, we're mm. going to come back to this because the real truth about it is that it is one of those things you can close your eyes and the story is still the same. The story the story of Arcane has nothing to do with the fact that it's two girls yeah. on two on opposite sides of, of, their, of like, just a family. Oh, absolute factions, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just two siblings. Two siblings. It could have been a boy, a it girl. It could have been Thor and Loki. Boys, like, Thor and Loki. Yeah. yeah I, I, like, it's just a fundamental story that has nothing to do with anything outside the of it. The archetype is called the Hostile Brothers archetype. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's it's always the feuding, but but the fact that they pull, and it's two women, and you're still like, oh, this is the Hostile Brothers archetype. It's just yeah. their sisters, yeah, right? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And you also have the Hostile Brother and Sister, which is the same archetype. It's just mm. the, it's like, it doesn't matter what sex or what color or what gender you get what i'm saying yeah. it's more the like the story itself is what matters so it doesn't so it doesn't take away from the story simply by having that person be a certain way mm. which is the real thing that we that we under that we underlyingly don't talk about when it comes to poc characters especially legacy characters because we are fully aware of the fact that they are taking away from the character by making this person such and such and such. Yeah. And then it becomes, once again, the conversation on white excellence. Because then we also think, huh, the white version of this probably would have been better. Which is unfortunate. 
because if you just had gone with it, like I don't care if there's a new Iron Man, like like for example Ironheart, if yeah. she built the Iron Man suit in her basement and was trying because she saw Iron Man on TV and was trying to be Iron Man and she's yeah. just younger mm-hmm. and she, yo, I wouldn't give a fuck, yo, do your thing, baby. And like if, if like she ran into Iron Man, Iron Man's like it's dangerous, you shouldn't do this, but she does it anyway and then yeah. he dies and she's like, oh shit, I have to be Iron Man now. Yeah. Yo, I would be reading the shit out of that. I, <laughs> I don't want I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, but actually, that is actually the story of Ironheart. No, I know, but but Tony, no, Tony Stark came in like they didn't let her become her own character. Tony Stark still showed up as a as a virtual reality yeah. hologram and started talking, Settled and she and it's all like, oh, I'm action. black, I'm gonna be the blacker Ironheart, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're gonna do this, the blacker, girlier Ironheart, and I'm like, all right, this is what we're doing now. I mean, yeah, like I get what you're you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. just the story, yeah. and it's like it doesn't matter that she's black and a girl. It's just it's just she was inspired by a superhero because that's how I am. You get what I'm. I like to do the right thing because superheroes and fantasy stories and that they inspire me. Yeah, right. And I don't care if you're a girl or a guy. I will I will tear up if I feel that you connect with me. Like well, a part of your story connects with my story. I don't give mm-hmm. a fuck. I don't give a fuck what your gender is. I don't give a fuck if you're gay. I don't, like you get what I, I understand yeah. what it's like to be in love. I understand what it's like to be angry. I understand yeah. what it's like. You, to, you look at it from the neutrality of the actual of the actual narrative rather than the the extra content. Yeah, it's like, it's like it doesn't matter how you dress up. Bullshit. Bullshit is B- bullshit. bullshit is bullshit, and it doesn't matter who the avatar is that I'm looking in on this world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you got I can connect with all the characters. Shout out to Cora. Shout out to Cora. <laughs> I enjoyed Cora. Like, we're not getting into it. We are not getting into oh. it again. <laughs> So much petty. I love it. <laughs> oh man, we're not gonna get to it. But yeah, I don't know. I have a problem with stories nowadays because they're more focused on who the avatar is, and I generally don't care. See, that's the thing. It all that's funny because that's a. I love how we we have a central theme. We never really come up with it, but we end up just focusing on that fucking theme throughout the whole. Thing. It's because once again, as you said earlier, art is what what exactly? Yeah. Oh. uh pus-filled blister on the backside of society. Something like it, that. Why is it that way? Because of cloud? With cloud yeah. is currency? Cloud is currency. And what, popularity the thing? What's popular nowadays? The POC, yeah. trophy, 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 trophy. So, I mean, once again, cloud is currency. So, they're gonna do it because cloud is currency. And you're gonna hate it because, unfortunately, but cloud is currency. Like most people hate it. No. No. Oh. The thing. Imagine, um, trust me. If... Because once again, capitalism. Mm-hmm. If most people hated it, they wouldn't do it. But but it's clear that a, like a lot of properties that have been around for years have started dying once they injected things. Comic books is one of the one of those properties. Yeah. Doctor Who was another one of those properties Absolutely. that they inject these things into and they fizzle out. That shows that people don't like it. But that's the thing. It's not about whether or not like okay. So you have Corf. Funny enough, then we start talking back about that music, right? Traditionalism, right? Traditional, the traditional fans may not like it, but clearly, if it's still going on, especially in a capitalist system, people like it. The problem is the fact that people like it because they ought not to like it because it's trash. I think I think I think what we see as success is kind of like and not to bring it back to socialism and capitalism, yeah. but it's kinda of like socialism in Sweden. You know how they switched over to almost completely socialist mm-hmm. society? It's super trendy, stuff yeah. like that, yeah. But yeah. but the thing is that yes, but they're working off the fumes of the capitalist society that they've originally built, the coffers that they filled and all that. Now all this money's depleting. 
Yeah. Right? So it's seeming like people like it, but it's fizzling out. So something like Doctor Who actually did fizzle out. Like, yeah. people have stopped watching it. You get what I'm saying? Same thing with Supergirl. Mm. Like, it went on for some seasons, but it got really, really preachy, and people stopped watching it. And yeah. it's, it's shown as a trend with a lot of TV shows and, thing, and things of media. Once they start getting, like, really, really preachy about all these all these things, and they, they, that's why there's this entire segment on YouTube that it's called, it's called Woke Comedy's Not Funny. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? I know. And more and more people are... are, are, are catching up with this but tv still trying to push it because once again cloud is currency that's what i'm trying to say it's mm-hmm. not i'm not talking about, i'm not necessarily talking about the end trajectory of a lot of these things i'm talking about what inspires people to do these things the thing is that in our society as a whole you can we can give we can give examples mm-hmm. right that that end up that end up being that should end up being the canary in the coal the coal mine right, that yeah. tells us to stop doing this stuff but we but currently once again i'm a pragmatist mm-hmm the pragmatic truth about all this stuff is the fact that people like it. That's why people are still doing it. Once again, people want the opinion of Cardi B more than they want the opinion of Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's not a woman versus a man thing. It's a logical... What I'm looking at something... I'm looking at the situation and making a What would be the logical choice? No. What's the popular choice? Mm -hmm. Because the popular choice is indicative of clout and clout is currency. Fair enough. Everybody, we live in a clout world. It's, it's it's unfortunate, but it's the truth of the matter. If you the like, I can literally say, I can literally say that. Uh, most of the questions I have when it comes to the disparities or the really confusing shit that I see on a regular basis comes down to those fun, to the fundamental truth, the foundation of all this stuff. And once you understand the foundation of all this stuff, you understand what comes out of it. I'm not going to talk about a person talk like coughing if i know they have a cold i I have old actually i have an old saying that i used to love to say a lot um you don't get mad at a dog for barking if you understand that dogs bark yeah it's just the way of the world the game is the game cloud is currency it is what it is once you understand the foundation of and the fundamental truth of the society that we live in Mm -hmm. there's no there's no need to to be angry or confused by any of the things that come out of it because then you're fighting the symptom and not the disease the disease is the fact that right now we live in a cloud-based society which focuses on the popularity of the trendy thing and is willing to sacrifice the logical approach Mm -hmm. for what is trendy what is new what is niche what is what is flashy entertaining what's cool what's cool uh, until we until we address that, none of this other shit will ever change. Burna Boy will have to eventually make pop music because he wants yep. to market to a white society, and the white society doesn't like Afrobeats. I mean, they do now. But... <laughs> they do now, of course. But that's that's essentially that's essentially what comes what it comes down mm-hmm. to. It's like if and it's, it all comes down to the fact that the fun, the fundamental the, the foundation is is that we deal with when it comes to all this shit that we love like ent- entertainment comics manga women uh relationships women mm-hmm. all of the, <laughs> like all of it's based mm-hmm. off of a cloud-based society and the and in a popular society where people are more willing to go with the trendy cool answer than the logical like truthful answer yeah it's unfortunate but 
the game is the, the game. game. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that might. Yep. All right, I think that's where we'll call it for today. Uh, it's been fun. Yeah. And Hopefully. Hopefully. Coming a pair. Damn it, this life ain't fair. But nobody said it would be so.